here we go. All right. All right. So. Yes. Justin, good George, to see you again. You as well. How's everything going? Everything's great. How are you doing? All right. All right. Fantastic. Bright sunny day. What well, good day to read uh, Goosebumps books. Beautiful day. Yeah. So if you are listening to us for the first time, mm-hmm. This is our Goosebumps podcast. Be careful what you cast for. Be careful what you cast for. So, welcome. Welcome. Welcome back if you are any of our return listeners. Hey, everybody. Hey. So, so what are we doing? How are we doing out there? How are we doing out there? <laughs> I think we're doing all right. Yeah, I hope you guys are hope enjoying so. the day. I hope you guys have gotten your daily fix of Goosebumps. Yeah. For those of you who are new to the podcast, this is a podcast where we go through and... Uh, Take a good read of some of the old Ghost Goosebumps books. The classics. The classics, one by one, and we break them down for you. Right. As they were adults. doing book eight. Book right? eight. Yes. It is book eight, right? Is it book seven or eight? I don't know Shoot. anymore. I don't even I know anymore. Yeah, book seven. At least book in the, seven, Night of the Living Dummy. At least in the American release. So, Night of the Living Dummy. Yep. So, it's been a while. So, I... Yeah. So how do we do this? We cool. talk about the release. Date. <laughs> we should know this by now. <laughs> we should know this by now. How do we do this? We just we wing it every we wing every it. week. Um, let's do a quick high level thoughts, George. Quick high level thoughts. So Night of the Living Dummy is um, better than Night of the Living Mummy. Okay. Um, yeah. Which was I think what two books ago? Book five was Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. We Curse did not. We did not tomb. like it. We did not like this. And this one we. I thought this one was okay, but it's yeah, not it. super great. You liked it a lot? Yeah, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but it was, <laughs> it was good. It wasn't my favorite of the series so far, but I did like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last week, uh, we did uh, Let's Get Invisible. That was fun. That I was think good. Let's Get Invisible was more fun than this but one. But this one was good. I thought it was pretty good. So I liked it. Yeah. This high one, level thoughts? High level thoughts. Um, good book. It was an all right book, I thought. Um, okay. Um, I, uh, there's just some aspects about the characters that I thought were a little bit whiny, but mm. you know, okay. other than that, yeah, not bad. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously get into all that. I think the characters in general are not super likable. No, no. But that's fine. I think also, like, I remember this book and like this book, they've done many like sequels to. Yeah. So I'm getting, as I was reading, I'm getting bits and pieces of the other books okay. too. And, and so, do you remember this one? Do you remember reading this one? Did, I you, remember, did you remember everything about it, like how it ended? And no, I didn't remember okay. everything about it. I remember Good. kind of how it ended, um, and things like that. And I'm not going to spoil it just yet. Yeah, but um, I remember kind of how it ended. But um, you had never read this. Before. I had not read it. No. All right. I I I was kind of aware of it because the like the villain of the story is kind of a a well known Goosebumps villain. Well, it's more, a, more or less, more or less. I like I was aware of like some ventriloquist dummy being in like the Goosebumps universe. Yeah. So I was like kind of interested in reading this one. Basically, became like the face of the Goosebumps universe. Yeah. So with all of that, um, let's see. Any other high level thoughts? Just? Not really. Let's talk about the covers real quick. Let's talk about the covers. So the first one, we got a creepy dummy. You know, getting it's the his, face of a ventriloquist dummy. Yeah, just kind of just sitting there, mouth open, leaning a little bit, and stuff like that. Good color, but pretty pretty all right. Not bad, not bad. Nothing too too exciting. In Nothing my, too in my exciting, mind. but yeah. it's decent. It's creepy enough. Not a living dummy. All right, that could creep people out. Book two, they decided. Oh, having that Dutch angle was um, a bad idea. Yeah. So they strained out the face. They color corrected a little bit, which I think just makes it look worse. But it's essentially the same. It's the same exact picture, just color corrected and strained out. Go back to the first one real quick. The first one was at like a fifteen degree Dutch angle. 
Yeah. And it's got a little caption next to the ventriloquist dummy that says, so he, he walks, he, he walks, stalks. he stalks. Yeah. And the, the redone version has the same little catchphrase. Except he walks, as, he stalks. As head. Now, the 2008 version, which we all hate, always. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why don't you describe this one for us, Justin? Um, it's like a wider shot of the whole dummy. So you can see the whole dummy. And he's kind of like slouched up against the wall. Mm-hmm. And he looks a little bit menacing. But mm-hmm. just stylistically, I'm not that into it. It doesn't look that great. The art is worse than before. Yeah. Far worse than before. As is the case almost every time they made the cover every worse when they redesigned it. Time. The one time that I liked the redesign better um, was Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. Really? Mm-hmm. We talked about that. So, you know, you go back to the old podcast and just dig yeah, into that. Yeah. You know? So, um, in the comments below, make sure that you maybe comment on your thoughts of the cover when you take a look at that. Yeah. Yeah. So, definitely. again, this was released in May 1993, uh, published by Scholastic, at least in the United States, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, by the author R.L. Stein, as we all know yep. and love. Yep. So, as is tradition, we give our readers or our listeners a, a moment to read the book. Yeah. So let's do that now. It's important. Go so, ahead and pod- pause your podcast, read the book. And then restart your podcast. And we're back. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed reading the book. Yeah. I hope everybody liked it. I liked it pretty well. It was a good one. Mm -hmm. I think I noticed that most of the time my comments are, my my high-level thoughts are usually, it had a slow start. I say that about almost every book. Mm -hmm. And I felt that way about this one too. Nothing really happens for the first two-thirds of the book. And that's not so unusual for an R.L. Stein book. It it, it is a reasonable R.L. Stein start. I mean... It's, it's, it's like two two thirds of the book is like a little bit of creepy stuff happening here and there. Nobody's really sure what's going on, but like nothing really happens until like close to the end of the book. And then like things start moving really fast and a lot of like exposition and like plot points. And then it wraps up pretty quickly. I mean, it's the Arl Stein buildup. I mean, like with all of these books, it's not like um, you have a back catalog of the characters. So yeah. the first half is getting you in the character's head. You know, many times the descriptions start with, oh, you know, so-and-so and their sister or brother, and then they go into great detail about saying, this person has long hair, this person has short hair, this person has eyelashes that bat, and da-da-da-da-da. Right. You know? Yeah. So normally that's the part that, you know, I'm normally bored with a little bit. Yeah. Know? And there's usually a lot of, like, sibling fighting and stuff yeah. like that. Sibling and, and you spend, and like, a few chapters going through, like, the sibling relationship dynamics. Yeah, with a few jump scares in there and yeah. things like that. Yeah. So, but... That's the R.L. Stein style. Yeah, that's the style. <laughs> Are we ready to jump in? I think we're ready to jump in. Why don't you lead us off with um, your notes? Here we go. Um, so it starts with a couple of our characters, Chris and Lindy Powell. They are twin sisters, presumably identical twins. They're both 12 years old. Lindy has long hair. Chris has short hair. That's how people tell them apart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but they're twins. Obviously, they're very close because they're twins, but they also get on each other's nerves a lot as twins. Mm-hmm. Spend a lot of time together. Share pretty much all of their stuff. So they share a bedroom. Yeah. And yeah. they, um, yeah, kind of, I think, struggle to kind of have a, a unique identity as twins. Yeah. yeah. So that's like a source of a little bit of conflict. Yeah. Do, um, do you know any twins personally? Um, not really, no. I like my mom and my aunt are twins, actually. Okay. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, having your own identity is kind of a big thing with twins. Yeah. Because many times they'll just, just dress them in the same clothes and things like that. So Yeah. And they'll be known as the twins as opposed to... Who they actually are. Yeah, definitely. So I can imagine that would be difficult. And we kind of that kind of manifests itself in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it starts with the, the girls kind of playfully fighting with each other. They tease each other a lot. They're very competitive and they're often trying to one-up each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a, a, it's a sibling dynamic that we've seen before in the R.L. Stein world. They play pranks on each other a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. 
there's a one one scene early on where Chris is chewing bubble gum and she blows a big bubble and Lindy pops it all over her face. She is like chewing gum all over her face. It's yeah. these kinds of uh, sibling kind of games and jokes and pranks that we've seen in pretty much every book so far. Yeah, shenanigans. Speaking shenanigans. about bubble gum, do you remember that? Um, I think it was like called Mega Bubble or something like that. It was like a slab of bubble gum. I don't remember that. You don't no. remember that? No. I mean, it was like around the time that Big League Chew came I out. I remember Big League Chew. I remember bubble tape. I do not was, remember what you're talking about. It was like Mega Bubble. It was like, it almost looked like, it, remember those huge pink erasers that yeah. say for big mistakes? Sure. Yeah. Imagine if that was made out of bubble gum and, okay. and, and a wrapper uncut. Yeah. All right. Were you a fan of this? or? Well, I mean. It sounds like a lot. It is a lot, but yeah. it's cool to get a bunch. All right. I bet she was using something like gum. that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, the kids um, are friends, but they're also kind of, they're frenemies in a way. Well, I mean, they're siblings. siblings. That's, that's the definition of a sibling. Exactly. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. So we've got uh, the kids. They also have a dog named Barky. Barky. Barkley? Barky. 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 Wow, did Arl Stein get tired of naming his dogs? Um, maybe, or just like this is just an example of what happens when you let your kids name a dog. You yeah. end up with a dog named Barky. Not great. Um, they've got a mom who doesn't want them sitting around the house all day. She tells them to get out, go for a bike ride. Don't just like sit around the house fighting all day. So Chris says, let's go to the playground and see if there's anybody there. So they go take off, mm-hmm. go to have some adventures. And on their way out, they notice that the house next door, which has been under construction, is being built very quickly. There's like It's kind of like an open construction site. Mm-hmm. There's dumpsters around, and there's like they can get into the front door of the house just because it's not there's not like a real door. It's just like a tarp over the door. Before so, you before you move on, yes, sir. There's just a few things that I just had some notes since I have my notes in front. By of By all me, means, they want to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, basically, in terms of the siblings messing around with each other, one got really mad when they made them lose their place in their book. Mm-hmm. Which again, twelve years old, the books probably aren't that big, and it's not hard yeah. to find a spot in a book. I agree. You know, so. Whatever. Um, they say Chris had her hair cut very short. And mm-hmm. Again, this is 1993. That's right. How short is it? Is it like shoulder length, Sinead O'Connor short? or uh, I have no idea. Like, it, what do you imagine in your head? What did it say? It said very short? It said very short. I. It's probably kind of like a pixie cut kind of thing. Pixie cut? If it's very short, that's very short. What is pixie cut? It, like very short. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Like right. Not more than a couple inches long. I guess. Okay. All right. So, there. so, all right. Not like shoulder length. Much shorter than that. I, I, very. I, isn't, short. isn't pixie cut more like a two thousands type of thing though? I have no idea. All right. It's none of my business. <laughs> not, not into um, little girls' fashion. Not really. All right. Well, that's fair. Um, again, I remember the line when she said she wished was a little bit taller. Of mm-hmm. course, wishes she, she was, was a baller. baller. Of course. Um, and yeah. So he said, they're 12, they're too old to go outside and play. Yeah. Now, is this something that you said to your mother when they told you, when she told you to go out and play or something like that? Um, is 12 too old to play outside? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess like, obviously interests evolve as you become a teenager. And maybe it's more like just sitting around with your friends talking rather than going outside and playing. Mm-hmm. So it's a mm-hmm. little bit different. But again, we're we're back in the early 90s when there's no, like, basically like, Obviously, no cell phones, yes. but not even really like computers at home, like no internet, really. Yeah. So um, you got video games at home, but otherwise, not too much to do at home. Might as well get out of the house. I doubt they had video games. They didn't seem like the type who would. There was no mention of video games. Um, yeah. Hobbies that they mentioned, which we'll talk about a little bit later, is like jewelry collecting Yeah. and some yeah. other stuff, but not, yeah, not video gaming. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry to derail you no, there, Justin. No, Just, no worries. I got my notes Anytime. here. I'm excited to talk about Perfect. Them. 
Um, so, but the kids are out of the house. They go um, out to play. Uh, they see the house next door. They decide to go explore the house, which is under construction next door. Mm-hmm. They took a, take a look around. There isn't too much to see, really. It's just kind of the frame of an unfinished house. But they hear a noise while they're exploring the house. Soft, rapid footsteps scurrying through the house. Mm. So the kids run out of the house very quickly. But as they're leaving, they see a squirrel. So mm-hmm. they figure it must have just been a squirrel. squirrel that made the squirrel. noise. Squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> then Lindy sees a dumpster. And she goes and she looks inside and she finds something and she pulls it out and it has arms and it has legs and it has a head. And Chris is like, oh my God, it's a child. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. Lindy laughs and says, no, it's just a ventriloquist dummy. So She found this in a dumpster. So basically two things I want to go back, rewind a little bit. Um, in the house, right? Yeah. They talked about having a cathedral ceiling. Yep. What did that entail? Very high ceilings. Very high ceilings. Yeah. Is it like his type of arch with it? Uh, I don't think it implies necessarily archways, but maybe. I well, think it's high ceilings. Absolutely. Vaulted ceilings. What I was thinking in terms of cathedral ceilings, it's actually like a two-level ceiling. Like mm-hmm. maybe there's like a balcony off to the side. Oh, okay. And then like the ceiling goes all the way up to the roof of the second floor. Okay. Kind of. Okay. I That's what I think that. it is, but I'm not. I don't really know. I'm no architect. And second, um, why? Why would uh, they jump right into the dumpster right away? Why did they do that again? Uh, I don't know. I think Lindsay, Lindy is kind of uh, adventurous, and mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. likes to explore, and she saw something. Maybe something caught her eye, and she maybe she just likes dumpster diving. I don't know. Is Lindy the one with the long hair? Lindy's the one with the long hair, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. That's just gross. <laughs> <laughs> just, All right. Just gross to me. I don't know. Okay. I'm grossed out. But yeah, she, they dig into the dumpster, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they find this uh, child-looking thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chris is like, oh my god, it's a child, but it's not. It's a, a ventriloquist dummy. Okay. Do you think they often find children in dumpsters? For her, that's I, the first thing she thinks. I hope not. I mean, like yeah. I don't know what this town is all about. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully not. But when somebody lifts something out of a dumpster and it's like a child-looking thing with arms and legs and a head, and it's just I, like that. I, I think. Would a, you assume ventriloquist dummy? Maybe? I assume ventriloquist a doll. dummy. Yeah, I assume a doll yeah. because like any sort of body that's put into sort of a dumpster isn't going to be looking like a put-together body when you pull it out. Uh, that's possible. I mean, is that your experience? Uh, well, that's what I'd assume. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. But, so they've got this ventriloquist dummy. Lindy is pretty amused and pretty excited about it. Uh, right away, she starts uh, working on her ventriloquist technique. Like, she starts playing with the dummy right away. Starts cuddling the dumpster dummy right yeah. away. Trying to make the dummy talk to Chris. Chris says that the dummy is stupid, but Lindy's pretty psyched. She's going to keep it. Mm-hmm. She names mm-hmm. him Slappy. She's got mm-hmm. big plans for this dummy right away. She's going to put together an act. She's mm-hmm. going to make some money. Mm-hmm. So she's got a side. She's got ambitions for a side hustle. She has a plan right away. I, I, I mean, she she's a go getter. She's a go getter. Yeah, I would say Lindy's a go getter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Side note, George: ventriloquism as an entertainment medium has dramatically declined in popularity over the years. You has don't it not? say. Yeah. You don't say. You don't see a lot of ventriloquist acts anymore. Didn't um, ventriloquism used to be equated to like evil, like when they first started? Um, I mean, not when they first started, but sort of like they used to think people were possessed and things like that. Thrown voice, maybe. But I, so it made me. So one of the things that this book made me think of, and we can talk about it more later, is there's mm-hmm. a, a Twilight Zone episode where there's a ventriloquist dummy act. Yes. Um, so yes. we can talk about that more later. But but that's probably from I don't know the late fifties or sixties, and it's like there's this guy in a nightclub performing with a ventriloquist dummy, and that was like mm-hmm. a, a thing, like. Mm-hmm. One type of entertainer was a ventriloquist, which now you just do not see. Well, there's Jeff Dunham, um, which yep. all of our fans probably know of. Perhaps. Um, 
perhaps. Uh-huh. Um, and then there is um, I can't Jeff Dunham. Any, yeah, I can't think of any others. Well, yeah. what do you attribute the decline of ventriloquism? I was thinking about that, and I don't have the answer. But, I mean, back when it was very popular, peak ventriloquism years, like the golden mm. age of ventriloquism, they probably didn't have a lot of like animated shows or CGI. Mm. So mm. if you wanted to see like... I mean, they did have animation. They did have cartoons, I think. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have a lot of content like that. So if you wanted to see like a, a doll talk, mm-hmm. somebody would have to be operating it. Yeah. And there's like... Puppetry. Yeah. Yeah, puppetry kind of thing. So I don't know. I mean, obviously like puppetry, <laughs> marionettes in general, that whole kind of class of entertainment definitely kind of fallen by the wayside. Well, it's a situation where um, it's more of a niche type mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um might be might have gone down because there's more things to actually watch. Um, yeah. I mean, Sesame Street now is hosted on HBO instead of like PBS. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it used to be is a big true? thing. It's not on PBS. I feel like it's still on PBS. They might be reshowing it on PBS, but I think HBO saved Sesame Street. Interesting. Um, so that's something that's interesting. Uh, puppetry, I mean, again, Broadway, and there's still schools that teach puppetry. There's still, it's still an art form, but sure. there's digital puppetry that can be done now, and that's yeah. probably more useful. Yeah. Also, um, mm-hmm. one thing I saw with ventriloquism, I don't know if you've seen this. Have you seen the acts where they actually take a live person, they put like a big old mouth on them, and the, ventri- and the ventriloquist controls that mouth? No, I've not seen that. That actually is pretty funny. Okay. Because it's sort of like you have the person up there with a big old jaw on them, and the ventriloquist... It sounds horrifying. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Check it out afterwards. All right. So they put like some mechanical device on a person's face yeah, so that basically makes they, their mouth move? Well, it doesn't make their mouth move. It's like a big old dummy mouth on top of their face. Okay. And so it's sort of... You got the person up there, and you know the ventriloquist is making them talk. Right. It and still sounds horrifying, but, but I, <laughs> it sounds maybe less horrifying. But I'll check it out. Yeah, check it out. All right. But anyway, probably on YouTube. Yeah. Great. Let's see. Back to this. So she she was coloring the trash dummy. She has big plans for it. And um, what's next? Well, yeah, Lindy's got big plans. She's gonna put a, put an act together. Chris immediately keeps telling her that she thinks Slappy is stupid. And Lindy quickly accuses Chris of being jealous. Those are the words of jealousy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's going to be a, there's a lot more of that coming. Yeah. Because Chris <laughs> gives Lindy a lot of attitude about this dummy. Yes. Um, but a couple of neighborhood kids are passing by. It's Amy and Ben Marshall. They live, I think, down the street. And Lindy does a few ventriloquist jokes for them. And the kids love it. Can't get enough. One of the kids has a birthday coming up and wants mm-hmm. Lindy to perform at the party. Yeah. And so I guess like the kid talks to their mom, the mom's on board, and Lindy is going to make 20 bucks for uh, giving a little ventriloquist performance at the birthday party. Is that a lot in 1993 money? When you're 12 years old in 1993, yes, it's a lot of money. Okay. I mean, remember, you could buy a Tiger Electronic uh, little video game with yeah. 20 bucks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so the, gr- the girl's parents, uh, Chris and Lindy's parents... They think that it's great that Lindy has this new hobby and has this little side hustle. And Lindy takes Slappy to school, gets a lot of attention for her routine. This is all making Chris more and more jealous. She starts to think that maybe she wants to be a ventriloquist too. And she asks her parents for a dummy of her own. Lindsay Mm. is very frustrated by this request. She's like, hey, that's my thing. I'm the ventriloquist in the family. You've had nothing but negative things to say about the art of ventriloquism since I found Slappy. (laughs) And now you're trying to like 
impinge on my territory. She's mm-hmm. pretty upset about that. Chris has this jewelry collecting hobby that I mentioned earlier. So Lindy is like, go and do your jewelry thing. Let mm-hmm. me be the ventriloquist. So there's conflict, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's trying to, uh, like, again, at 12 years old, they're still trying to establish themselves as individuals as Very opposed to so. not yeah. being just the twins. Yep. And for her sister to say, oh, that's dumb, that's dumb, and then go behind her back and say, hey, can you get me one too? Mm-hmm. That that was infuriating. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Chris at this point. Yeah, yeah, not a fan of Chris at all. Yeah, Lindy absolutely has a point. Chris has been shitting on Lindy constantly, telling 100%. her that she's not funny and that Slappy is stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, the parents tell Lindy to share Slappy with Chris, and Lindy is outraged. I'd be outraged, too. <laughs> Rightfully so. <laughs> yes. Outraged. <laughs> Chris walks over to Lindy uh, to take Slappy, because apparently Lindy's being like told to share Slappy. So Chris walks mm-hmm. over to take Slappy, and Slappy says, beat it, Chris. Get lost, you stupid moron, and slaps her in the face. Square in her jaw, right yeah. across the face. Yeah, um, and everybody's like, "Whoa, what the hell, Lindy? Like, <laughs> that's not that's not cool." And Lindy says, "I didn't do it. Slappy did it." Mm. And of course, everybody thinks Lindy did it, and they mm. make her apologize. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, that the, that's sort of like still been sibling rivalry thing that you've seen in the past and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, it's um, uh, to be expected, I guess. Yeah, you know, yeah, a little bit of an outburst from Lindy. Or so, it, or so it would seem, mm-hmm. um, for being forced to share the dummy and for like kind of lashing out at Chris. A little bit of a violent outburst. Yeah, you know, like I think I don't know if the parents handle it properly. Mm. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so Lindy reluctantly lets Chris use Slappy. So now Chris is going to learn how to use a dummy. Uh, and again, Lindy's pretty angry about this, but what can she do? Uh, that night, Chris has a bad dream that she's being chased. She doesn't remember what was chasing her. But she wakes up, looks around the room, and she sees Slappy sitting on the chair staring at her. She walks over to Slappy and picks him up. She notices, well, she noticed previously that he was heavier than he looked, and he's also mm-hmm. warm to the touch. She keeps getting the feeling that it's staring at her, and it makes her kind of uncomfortable. She thinks for a moment that maybe she heard Slappy laughing, mm. and she sets him down, and she's walking back to bed when a hand reaches up and grabs her wrist. Mm. And this time, it's Lindy. Lindy grabbed Chris's wrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, it scares the hell out of Chris, which makes Lindy laugh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chris goes to sleep feeling very uncomfortable about Slappy, and again, she has another nightmare about being chased by something. Well, again, with this way, they also talked about how the room was hot and stuffy, even though the windows were open. Yeah. Um, basically, duh, 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 duh. Uh, the unblinking eyes of the dummy. Like, I don't know about you. When I was little, I didn't like things looking at me while I slept. Yeah, you've got that SpongeBob across the room right now. It's just been <laughs> staring at me this whole time. <laughs> It's making me very uncomfortable. Yeah, there's a little SpongeBob SquarePants thing. <laughs> I've I've ignored that. But yeah, I said when I was younger. When I, I was younger. But yeah, you know? d- like dolls in general, I think are a little bit creepy. Just I, a little bit. It's be creeped out by mannequins actually. Okay. Until I became larger than most of them. So sure. yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I could take one or two of them if Probably. they tried to yeah. something. Totally agree. But um, yeah. But I I don't see. There's no reason why she shouldn't be freaked out by dummies at the foot of her bed watching her sleep at least turn it to the side yeah. put it on its back but yep. yeah yeah so chris i mean in general it's a little bit uncomfortable around the dummy already something about it just makes her a little uneasy mm-hmm. the next day chris gets home from school to find that her parents have bought her her own dummy which is sitting in the bedroom right next to slappy her father found the dummy at a pawn shop and bought it for her he also mentions that he thinks the pawn shop owner was glad to be rid of it so for some reason motivated seller um, the pawn shop owner didn't want anything to do with the dummy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, now Chris has her own dummy 
and it's very similar to Slappy except it has different clothes. Mm-hmm. Slappy has kind of a gray suit. The new dummy that Chris got wears jeans and a flannel shirt. Mm-hmm. Even though Chris has been very uneasy around Slappy, she loves the new dummy. She's mm-hmm. very excited about it, happy to have her own. She names it Mr. Wood. Again, I put a very particular note for this, uh, for the name of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that note said stupid. Okay. This is a stupid <laughs> yeah, name. That's an appropriate note. For uh, a dummy. Well, yeah. They've got a dog named Barky. Yeah, I, I don't think they're... And a dummy named Mr. Wood. I'm pretty sure Chris is the one that named the dog. Very possible. She seemed very uncreative. Yeah. Oh, speaking about uncreative and unknowledgeable, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. right before this, um, their father was trying to cut onions. Mm-hmm. Mr. Powell said that there's a way to... Uh, a trick to not crying when you cut onions. What's your secret, but, George? Um, pop them in the fridge ahead of time. Okay. Uh, basically, get them nice and cold. And also, as you're cutting, avoid... Uh, go from the area opposite of the root. Okay. Uh, the root actually has uh, more of the irritants in it. Okay. So basically, save the root for last. Pop them in the fridge. If you have to come fresh, save the root area for last. Take note. And Take note. <laughs> And uh, it shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Like I've not had issues cutting onions for a very long time. Nice. And I guess it's probably because I've just integrated these techniques into what I do. Fantastic. Or I've become immune to their um, gases. Either way. Great. <laughs> Good tips. That's. I mean, people listen to this podcast for a lot of different reasons. Yes. And that's just one of them. Yes. Now you get cooking tips in yeah, your Goosebumps tips for podcast. Around, around, the, around the house. Yes. Also, don't name your ventriloquist dummy uh, Mr. Wood. Terrible. So now Chris has her own dummy. Lindy and Chris continue to fight about who's going to be a b- better ventriloquist. Uh, Chris is, has been putting Lindy down pretty consistently. Like, yeah. And it sounds like Lindy's actually pretty good. Like, she's got a little bit of yeah, talent. she is good. Like she's, she's, like, kind of picking it up quickly. And her parents are like, this is great. Uh, everybody in town thinks it's, like, great. Everybody who's seen her act thinks it's good. Mm-hmm. And then Chris... She doesn't pick it up as quickly, yeah. but she's so competitive that she has to put Lindy down about it. Yeah, which yeah. I'm not, you know, obviously not a big fan of. Not a fan not of great. it at all. Not a fan. Chris of it is at all. struggling a little bit. She has a friend over the next day. His name's Cody Matthews, and there is um, he's there because Chris needs an audience to try out some jokes. Yeah. So she's working on a routine. She tries out a couple lines, and Cody says, "Yeah, I guess you're not very funny." Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Cody isn't super helpful, but Chris isn't that funny. So yeah. what can he do? And not Cody, that funny, not that creative. No. And Cody asks Chris why she's working on a ventriloquist act. And Chris admits that it's mostly because she wants to be better than Lindy. Mm-hmm. She's planning on getting some joke books so that she can improve her act. Mm-hmm. So Chris kind of sucks. I mean, yeah. what's her deal? And who's to blame for Chris kind of sucking? Chris. I'd say her parents. Well, her pa- well, <laughs> let's, 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 no, let's, let's dig into this. All right. Because, all right, so you've got these kids who obviously, particularly Chris... Has a lot of insecurities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They are. She's like putting her sister down all the time. Her sister yes. has this genuine interest, like this new thing that she's really into. Yes. And Chris feels threatened by that. Mm-hmm. And why should that be? Like mm-hmm. that's not great. In the past, George, <laughs> you've criticized parents for letting their kids play outside. It's mm. true. For, <laughs> it's, for, it's true. He said. For, for for giving their kids um, PBJ's sandwiches with chicken soup. Mm-hmm. You've, yeah, that's a bad combination. La- you've labeled that. You've questioned the parenting. Mm-hmm. Of, yes, yes. <laughs> in situations like that, but here we've got a situation where these kids are genuinely like they seem to be very insecure with themselves mm-hmm. to the point that they're like dragging each other down. Mm-hmm. To me, the parents are creating an environment that's mm-hmm. not healthy, and these kids need to 
feel like they have their own individuality yeah. and to feel more secure with who they are. Yeah. The situation at home is clearly dysfunctional. Not conducive to a healthy child growth. Yeah. You know, first and foremost, they should have their own rooms at this point. I mean, not everybody gets their own room growing well, up. If they, can't, if they can't have their own rooms, at least have some separation, you know, have Ideally. a little divider or something like that. Yeah. Um, if one child is getting into something, don't get the other child the exact same thing just to placate them. They're not five years old anymore. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's, it's not great. I uh, mean, if Chris wants to do it, you can't be like, no, you can't do this now because your sister is doing this. But she needs to understand that, like, hey, you're you're, you're not in competition with each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that the mom and dad say that, but it's they're not getting through their kids. No, the kids no. are a mess. 100%. It's a disaster. One hundred percent. I mean, like, it's a situation where, I mean, I guess they're trying to surprise them and say, oh, you got one too, and da da da. But I mean, you should have made her work for it a little bit, show that she actually wanted, as opposed to just saying yeah. that you know I want things. Yeah. I mean, also looking at the children is sort of like. Uh, Who's uh, the one we don't like? Chris. Chris is the one that we don't like. Chris is the one that we don't like. Is she the one that also has the jewelry collection? Um. Yes. Yeah. So Chris. So her collection is of superficial, shiny rocks and metals. Yeah. You know. You know, and that's her was her main thing previously. Yeah, that's right. So I take from that All right. that she might be a superficial type of person. She might be. I mean, she's twelve years old, so you gotta kind of cut her some slack. Again, I don't, mostly for her behavior, I mostly mm-hmm. blame her parents. Like, yeah, I don't want to put, I don't want to shit on Chris too much because, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. she's in this environment that's maybe like not making her feel just like supported and yeah. like, uh, I don't know. I agree with you. I mean, the parents are to blame for this case. <laughs> blame the parents. They can't even cut onions properly. I like it. So, all right. So back on track. Back um, on track. Uh, Chris has her own dummy. She's practicing her act with Cody. She's not very good. And Cody tells her so. So Chris has got some work to do for sure. Yeah. That well, night. Sorry. Cody basically, after hearing some of her act, he's like, I think I'm going to go home. Now. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's not what you want to hear from I a don't have uh, any notes of Chris's actual jo- or Chris's jokes here, but they were pretty bad. So yeah. do you have any? No. Let's see if I could find. And they weren't that great. No, not very I'll good. skip it. So that night, Chris and Lindy are going to sleep. Lindy has been practicing her act, and it sounds like she's killing it. Chris is lying to Lindy, saying that Cody thought she was really funny. <laughs> also, Chris has some kind of school party the next day, so she's got clothes laid out mm-hmm, uh, for mm-hmm. the next morning. Um, so overnight, um, something happens, and in the morning, Chris's dummy, Mr. Wood, is gone. Mm-hmm. Chris accuses Lindy of doing something to him. When they find him, he's wearing Chris's nice clothes that she had laid out for that party. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Chris again accuses Lindy, but it does occur to her that maybe Lindy's telling the truth, in which case she's wondering how the clothes got in the dummy. Hmm. Yeah. So shenanigans, George. Lots of shenanigans. Some kinds of shenanigans going on with the dummies. Yes. Not exactly sure what, but Dem- something's happening. Dynamicans. On the day that Lindy's supposed to go perform at the birthday party, mm-hmm. her and Chris are hanging out with Cody and their other friend Alice. Mm-hmm. Lindy is giving Chris some advice on how to be a better ventriloquist. Um, it's mostly kind of passive aggressive comments between Lindy and Chris. Yeah. So I, I yeah. think like they're Lindy's oh, kind of giving Chris advice, but she's obviously still bitter that mm-hmm. Chris is like impinging on her territory. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. pretty passive aggressive. Alice suggests that maybe they make a routine together. And Lindy says, yeah, maybe when Chris gets better, which is a little subtle little burn there. Yeah, it's a little bit of twist of the knife there. Then Lindy grabs Mr. Wood to try to show Chris a few things. And then Mr. Wood starts yelling at Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, calling her a jerk and telling her to get lost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mr. Wood is really flipping out on Chris, and Chris tells Lindy to stop, 
And Lindy says that she's not doing it, that the dummy's doing it on its own. Mm-hmm. And Cody and Alice are just sitting there like, what is happening? Yeah. It's quite a scene with Mr. Wood flipping out. Yeah, um, yeah. But Lindy has a show to do, so she can't stick around and figure out what happened. She's off to the birthday party. Yeah. She's got to perform. Yeah. So basically, you know, from the outsider's perspective, Lindy just used the dummy to insult her sister. Yes. You know, basically just using those pent up emotions and channeling them into the dummy. Right. And just to insult her sister and say, oh, it, it wasn't me. It yeah. was the uh, one armed man. Exactly. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Lindy is denying, obviously, that she did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, the dummy is doing it on its own. Yeah. We will see. Lindy gets back from the birthday party. She says it went really well. Mm-hmm. And she's mm-hmm. got more birthday party performances lined up. Got more gigs. That's the way to do it. You know, you, your first gig uh, is uh, prepping you for your second gig. Yeah. You know. She's got them all lined up now. Yeah. She's going to get so many She's going to do the whole, like the whole birthday party circuit. Exactly. All, all exactly. over town. Do you remember when they used to have ventriloquists and clowns at birthday parties, at your friend's birthday parties, like it was no, the thing to do? I do not. Do you ever have uh, friends who had clowns at their birthday Never. parties? Never? No. Never no. ever? No. Not even at restaurants or something like that? No. Really? No. Huh. No. I had a friend, like in middle school and high school, whose mom did some clowning on the side. Uh. <laughs> Uh, she was okay. like a professional. It was like, it was like her side hustle. It's a clown. Probably at birthday parties and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Children's birthday parties, right? Presumably. Okay. But uh, yeah, I never I never remember having any clowns around at friends' birthday parties. All right. I probably would have hated it. I was not in the Or clowns. maybe you blocked it out. Yeah, very possible. I mean, like at what point? I mean, I think clowns is another dec- declining field too. You know? Clowning? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, with YouTube, people clown outside of makeup, but yeah, professional clowns—the whole trade, the it's whole probably clown de- trade declining. Enrollment in clown college is, is dropped dropping. Way off. Yeah. yeah, it's true. It's yeah, true. nobody wants to be a clown anymore. Not that many people. Not that many people. There, there are there are particular individuals that do want to be clowns, though. But yeah, but yeah, but that's the kind of job that you can't really replace with automation. So maybe it'll make a comeback. Like all these other jobs will disappear, but clowning, George. I think clowning. I think when people start dressing up as clowns and murdering people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that one person that did it. Gacy. Gacy? John Wayne yeah. Gacy. John, yeah. yeah, I think that turned everyone off clowning. Yeah. I think that's probably He really it. took the whole field back. Like, all they'd made so much progress <laughs> being accepted <laughs> in the world. And then that jerk comes along and, and just murders buries people. a bunch of people under his house. And then everybody's afraid of clowns. Yeah. Just like that. Just like that. It's just not fair. Like that. Well, oh well. Exactly. Oh, well. So um, back to dummies. Back to lifeless-eyed ventriloquist dummies. Yes. So Lindy's gotten back from that birthday party, and she had a great time, did mm-hmm. really well. There's not nearly as much discussion about Mr. Wood's early outburst. Um, but mm-hmm. he totally flipped out, and they never, the kids had never really kind of resolved like what happened there. So it's very odd that Chris wouldn't be like, so let's talk about that some more. They just kind of like let it slide. Mm-hmm. But I guess Chris is still assuming that Lindy did it. And Lindy's denying it, but yeah, who knows? I mean, wouldn't you, who assume, knows? Wouldn't you assume that Lindy did it? Of if course, it was you yes. You absolutely. know, your sibling, you know, is holding a dummy and it slaps you right in the mouth. Yeah, and if and if Lindy, if the dummy really hadn't done it, or if the dummy had done it on its own, Lindy, mm-hmm. Lindy obviously would be like, hey, like seriously, that that like, I didn't do that. Yeah. So the fact that they're not talking about it, yeah, suggests that Lindy actually did do it. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right, one hundred percent. Great. So 
there's that. And then Chris says that um, while Lindy was out at the birthday party, she was at the mall with their mom and they bumped into her music teacher who asked her to do a performance at the school concert. Mm-hmm. So now Chris has a gig at the school yeah. concert. I, I, I think the mom orchestrated that. Possible. The mom probably said, oh, you know, Chris, she's getting so good with this little uh, ventriloquist act. She's obviously the inferior ventriloquist in the family. 100%. You know. And that's a pretty big stage. If that's like your first performance, is that like yeah. a school concert? Mm, I, I don't mean, know about if, that. If the music teacher was in the know, she's like, uh, well, that's nice, but let's get that Lindy. Yeah. You know, so the the music teacher's obviously incompetent. They don't keep their ear to the ground at the school. Yeah, she doesn't know what's going on. Not at all. Or maybe no, she got no. confused because they're twins. That is true. Yep. That is true. That is actually a better idea. So she thought it was the other one. Yeah. She saw this one making jokes and making people laugh with the little dummies. Yeah. Like, oh, they changed the clothes on it. So. Yep. All right. So that night, the kids go up to bed. They go to sleep. Um, they had left the two dummies sitting side by side on a chair, but they see that Slappy's clothes are all messed up and Mr. Wood has his hands around Slappy's neck. So... Something happened again after they went to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dummies got messed up, and it looks like uh, Mr. Wood is strangling Slappy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's been a tussle. There's been a tussle. Chris and Lindy pull the dummies apart. Lindy kind of accuses Chris of doing it out of jealousy. Mm-hmm. But then she's like, I don't really understand what's happening, and I'm kind of scared. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chris agrees. Chris says that they should tell Mom, and Lindy agrees. Mm-hmm. So they go up to Mom's room, and she's reading a Stephen King book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dad's actually out of town on business. As as they normally are. Yeah, pretty often is the case. Um, the kids tell mom what's been happening with the dummies, but mom doesn't believe them. Mm-hmm. She accuses them of being too competitive and fighting all the time. Also, the mom was surprised when they walk into the room. Yeah, they, she was startled. Do you? What Stephen King book do you think they were reading? Uh, I have no idea. There, I think there are really no clues to suggest. There are no clues. Any particular book. They also talked about earlier in the day they were watched. watched, watched. They watched a movie that the mom rented. You know, back in the day when you actually used to go out and rent a uh, video, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Did, they, did they give any clues for that? I don't too? remember that at all. No, I don't know. Earl Stein is not really um, nope. throwing out these side clues anymore. No details. Yeah, in past books, there have been uh, references to Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. and specific Schwarzenegger movies, mm-hmm. Terminator specifically. I think there have been some ceases and desistes. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But, but um, anyway, yeah. so she's know. reading this book. She's probably creeped out from reading the book and falling asleep. Yes. Uh, when her twin daughters come in and are standing in the doorway of light. Yeah. You know, well, I wonder if she was reading The Shining. There you go. It just, just <laughs> popped into my head. Like, that would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Still haven't seen that movie, Come by play the way. with us. Come yeah. play with us forever. There you go. I've seen bits and pieces of that movie. Yeah. And you've seen Ready Player One? And I've seen Ready Player there One. As everyone in our- Spoiler um, alert. Yeah. Everyone should read it. <laughs> All right. The kids play. go back to Watch bed- it. Um, and Chris decides to put Mr. Wood in the closet overnight. Well, b- well, be- before that, the mother definitely yells at them. She yells at them. She, she dismisses does, them. Yeah, dismisses them out of yeah. hand. Yeah, she does not. And turns off not, the light. Not listening to them yeah. at all. Yeah, she she was into her novel. Yep. They go back to bed. Mm-hmm. Chris puts Mr. Wood in the closet. Um, she closes the closet and goes to sleep. Has mm-hmm. more bad dreams. And mm-hmm. when she wakes up, Mr. Wood is sitting right next to Slappy on the chair again. Mr. Wood is out of the closet. Out of the closet. Back on the chair. Yep. A couple days later, Chris is practicing with Mr. Wood. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of odd that she's playing with it again after everything that's happened. Yeah. But apparently Mr. Wood has not uh, had any outbursts over the past couple days. Mm-hmm. So Chris is like, oh, maybe everything's back to normal. Mm-hmm. As Chris is practicing, Lindy comes in and tells Chris that her mom's friend, or their friend's mom, who works for Channel 3, thinks that Lindy should go on the Talent Search TV show. So if Lindy's hmm. going to be on TV. Yeah. Makes sense. This angers Chris. Uh, she screams and slams Mr. Wood on the ground 
when she picks him up, she thinks that he has kind of an upset look in his eyes or that he's angry. I think that's projection, but... Yeah, very possible. So is Chris imagining this, or is the dummy actually like giving her the evil eye after getting slammed on the ground? Uh. Who knows? That night, while Chris is, asli- or while Chris is asleep, um, the girls are awakened by a noise in the room. There are footsteps. Um, Wait, before that, before yes, that, did, did, was there a situation where there was a paper in the dummy's pocket? Hasn't happened yet. Hasn't happened Not yet. yet. All right, I'm sorry. We I'm will get the there. That's an important point, but we're going to get there. Yeah. And that night while she's asleep, Lindy is awakened by a noise in the room. Mm-hmm. There are footsteps. She looks at the doorway and it's just Chris. Uh, but Chris can't sleep either. Uh, when she goes downstairs to get water, Lindy hears Chris screaming mm-hmm. downstairs. Mm-hmm. Lindy runs downstairs. The kitchen is dark except for the light of the open refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And Lindy sees that the refrigerator is empty. The floor is cold and wet. There's spilled milk out on the floor. There's mm-hmm. food everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everything has been pulled out of the fridge and thrown around the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Also, Chris's jewelry is thrown around the room. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the room is Mr. Wood, smiling and being kind of creepy. With jewelry on him. Jewelry everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, huge mess in the kitchen that, you know, where did it come from? Mm-hmm. Mom comes downstairs. She's not happy with the situation. She sees the mess. Mm-hmm. Chris and Lindy tell Mom that Mr. Wood did it, but Mom doesn't buy that. Mm-hmm. She yells at the kids. Mom does not listen um, the kids are like trying to explain and they can't even get a word in. Mom's mm-hmm. just like, don't even talk. I just, just I'm not listening to you. Just stop. I mean, even if the kids had had a food fight, Chris probably wouldn't have smashed her jewelry into the food. So you'd think that mom would be like, okay, Chris probably didn't do this because yeah. all of her jewelry is smashed into this food that's everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but mom is mad. She says she's taking away the dummies. Mm-hmm. The kids are very upset about that, even though at this point they should probably be pretty wary of the dummies because something's going on. Yeah. They should be wary of the dummies. And also, I mean, this is, you know, spanking time. You know, like, you, this is food that's on this floor being spoiled. Sure. This is dirtying up the kitchen. Yes. This is the middle of the night. You know, just taking away the dummies would not be enough of a punishment, in my mind. Um, I mean, she doesn't even do that. Yeah. She doesn't even take away the dummies. So yeah. something should probably be done. Yeah. Well, what, what actually happens, Justin? Kids ask their mom to give them one more chance if they mm-hmm. clean up everything. And mom says, okay. So basically mom kind of folds and says, like, okay, if you clean up the, the kitchen completely, we'll get one more chance. We're not going to take away the dummies. Okay. But again, yeah, they said they were going to buy back the produce. Yeah. And she's going to buy that That's back right. with her $20 or yeah. $25, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but still, I mean, the whole act, even if you think that one or the other twin might have done it, still should be some sort of punishment other Something. than just cleaning. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I agree. Uh, the kids clean up. Chris and Lindy aren't speaking to each other at all at this point. Mm-hmm. Once the kitchen is clean, they go upstairs and Chris throws Mr. Wood in the closet. Just as she's falling asleep, she hears a voice from the closet yelling, let me out. Mm-hmm. Chris wakes up Lindy, but Lindy says she didn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. And now everything is quiet again. Chris has a little meltdown at this point. She says she's really scared. Lindy says she knows who's responsible for everything that has happened. Mm-hmm. And she says, it was me. Mm-hmm. It was just a joke. Mm-hmm. It was revenge for you trying to copy me by getting your own dummy and becoming a ventriloquist. I did it all. So yes. all everything that's happened up to this point, Lindy's taking ownership for it. Mm-hmm. Like all like the mess made in the kitchen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the dummies strangling each other, mm-hmm. Mr. Wood coming out of the closet. It's all been Lindy. It's all been Lindy. Well, at this point, it's sort of like these, these are 
very bad acts. I mean, assuming that nothing supernatural is happening at this point, yeah, that she's a very bad child. Yeah, I mean, that is, I mean, psychologists need to be involved at this point because this is yeah, it's, an escalating problem. Yeah, and yeah, so and Chris is like, this is pretty messed up. I'm never speaking to you again. She's mm-hmm. very upset. Mm-hmm. Lindy mm-hmm. apparently has gone to great lengths to really upset her sister here. Great lengths. So you know, we didn't like Chris. And we still don't. <laughs> I don't like but, Chris at but all. But Lindy's, this has been pretty, pretty extreme. It's pretty eventful. Lindy's done a lot to kind of mess it's with pretty, her sister here. Pretty eventful at this point. I mean, it's unnecessary is yeah. what it is. Yeah. You know? But um, I guess they still have the dummies, though. And a few days later, Chris is walking home from school with Cody. The school concert is the next day. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And discussion of dummies is completely banned at home. She's barely speaking to Lindy. The kids still have their dummies, but... Like the parents don't want to see the dummies. They don't want to hear about the dummies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Basically, the kids are just kind of uh, keeping with themselves mm-hmm. and their dummies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, she just has to, when she has to play with Mr. Wood, she does it in private and That's things right. like that. Yeah. You know, lesser parents see and find out. Exactly. Okay. So Chris gets home and gets Mr. Wood so she can practice. She notices a piece of paper in his pocket. There it is. That she had never noticed before. The paper has a few words written on it in some mysterious language, and Chris tries to read it out loud. Now, now with that, yes, you know, again, horror movie trope. You see a mysterious language. The first thing you want to do is try to read it out loud. Yeah. If I know anything, yeah. If I find something with a mysterious language on it, in some sort of mysterious thing, I never read it out loud. I look at really? it. No, I look at it. It's like hmm. because you think it might be some ancient words. Well, if especially if they're ancient words. Yeah. You know, look at this like, huh, that's interesting. I can't pronounce that. Pop it back in and go about my business. Yeah. Where have we seen this in uh, movies uh, and TV and stuff? Everything. I can't really think of many uh, examples. The first thing would be Evil Dead. Okay. Evil Good. Dead. They yep. find a book yep. called a Necronomicon. Yep. That's supposed to be a book of the dead. Yep. And they have a whole party where they read from the book of the... No, no. They play a record of someone reading from the book of the dead. Mm-hmm. And it brings things to life and right. horrible things happen. Yeah. But um, good example. It there are other examples in other places. Have we seen it in um these books already? I don't think so. Um, not that I can think of. No, the mummies too might be one, but I don't think it was. I don't there. think there were any ancient words. There was that no. guy uh, Ahmed who was like uh, maybe talking about the ancient curse and mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. throwing in some ancient words, but I don't think there was any specific like anything being animated yeah. by some words or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this gives me more ideas for like um, that sort of reasonable people mm-hmm. book or movie that I'm gonna make. Maybe a short like TV short. I love this series. Reasonable because people. It will I think be... you've picked a reasonable person or a potential candidate from almost every book we've done so far. Do you have any thoughts on this, Cody? Okay, Cody, the guy who's just there. Yeah. I mean, if I was to make this show, I would think about it more today. It's gonna be a situation where they're they walk in and they see these different. Um, potentially dangerous situations and they just kind of walk away and leave it and then later on in the day or later on in the news you hear about this awful thing that happened to someone in their town or whatnot like hmm or they don't even see it because they have their headphones on while they're eating their cereal yeah and basically it would be like maybe a 15 minute short where they kind of walk past all of these potential dangers yeah you know yeah reasonable people yeah reasonable people maybe play on ifc yeah so very reasonable so very reasonable people so i think um I think that would work out. Cody would be would be the choice. Yeah. Cody Cody reminded me of myself a little bit in that he really? uh you know, Chris had him come over and she performed and he was like, "Okay, that's pretty good." Yeah, that's, that's fine. 
Yeah. No, yeah. he didn't say it's fine. It. He said, you know, maybe you could use some funnier jokes or something. Yeah. I think yeah. well, I think at first he was like, yeah, it's all right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then and then she pushed him for real feedback and he's like, uh, could probably be better. Yeah. It's not very good. Yeah. So, while he yeah. was laying on wait, laying on the grass like picking up grass leaves. Cody. I mean, I guess I mean, maybe she has some friends that give her some more critical feedback. Yeah. Like our fans will do in the comments. I hope so. Yeah. I want to I want to get like just Absolutely torn apart. Well, I mean, the commenters. best feedback, best feedback possible. Yeah, so. I'm waiting for just trolling. I feel like trolling. Yeah, I'm that's, ho- what, that's I'm, how you know you made it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, hope we get some trolling at some point. Definitely hasn't know. happened yet. Not Leave yet. more comments, especially you trolls out there. Oh no, please. Oh no. All right, all right. So what's happening now? Chris has found that paper. She read mm-hmm. the words out loud. So like she read dummy. the ancient words, and a second later, Mister Wood appears to blink. Mm-hmm. But Chris thinks no, I just be, must be just imagining things. Um, but uh, the words have been read, and we'll see what that does. Okay. So that evening after dinner, the parents have their elderly neighbors over, and the neighbors want to see the ventriloquist acts. And the kids say, "Okay," and bring down their dummies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, hopefully, George, these neighbors are not wearing monocles because I have a feeling some shit is going down here. Yes, <laughs> they are going to yes. be monocles popping. Exactly, monocles are popping. So Lindy does her act <laughs> first, and she kills. Everybody loves it. Everybody loves Lindy's act. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. it's Chris's turn. Why would they put Chris second? They know she's not as good. Yeah, that's they know she's not very as good. good. point. Yeah. Lindy's the headliner here. I mean, it's it's. they know she's not as good. That's, I mean, they obviously don't like Lindy. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, this yeah. is. She's, like, put in time. She's paid her dues. She deserves to be the headliner. But uh, Yeah. Yeah. But, but anyway, so Lindy goes first, kills it. Chris's turn. She takes a seat, and Mrs. Miller, the neighbor woman, says, that's a nice-looking dummy. And Mm -hmm. Mr. Wood responds, you're a nice-looking dummy. Then he looks at Mr. Miller and says, is that a mustache or are you eating a rat? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The Millers are not amused. They don't like being roasted. Uh, The roasting continues a bit until Chris's parents yell at her. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Chris says that she didn't say those things. Her parents demand that she apologize. Mr. Wood looks at the Millers and says, I'm sorry, you're so old, ugly, and stupid. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Most like I don't understand this comedy. Yeah. Roasted. And then the <laughs> the Miller. It Burn. says it says that the Millers stared at each other unhappily, which I I love that line. <laughs> I just it really makes me like imagine the Millers just sitting there, mm. staring at each other unhappily, feeling mm. pretty bad about themselves after getting roasted by a a dummy. Yeah. Um. But then you know Chris insists that she didn't say these things. She runs off in tears. She tells Lindy that Mister Wood said all of those things. But Lindy doesn't believe her. Mm-hmm. Chris has kind of a meltdown um, because she doesn't know what's happening. Uh, mm-hmm. But nobody believes her. And then in a completely baffling move that doesn't make any sense at all, mm-hmm. Chris is still planning on doing the school concert the next day. Yeah. So yeah, there's been the dummies had an outburst, roast to the neighbors, and then mm-hmm. Chris plans on still doing the concert. That's, that's that's again, she's not. she wouldn't be in my series Reasonable People. Absolutely not. I mean, it's a situation where... Maybe cancel that or something. I guess it's one of those, it's the gambler's fallacy. Like you're already all the way, part way there. You know, you've signed up for this. Just do it and see how it goes, I guess. She could have at least tried to borrow Slappy for the act instead of using Mr. Wood. Maybe. But no. Maybe. I don't know. She uses Mr. Wood. So the night of the concert, Chris goes there. The music teacher is there and gives Chris some words of encouragement before she goes on stage. Chris is very nervous. 
Don't mess up. She, <laughs> she steps on stage, but then has trouble with the microphone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the music teacher, Mrs. Berman, comes out onto the stage to help with the microphone. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Wood bas- just lays into her. Well, because she's, uh, again, if you read this, she is a larger woman. Yes. How did Arl Stein de- de- describe her? I can't remember. You can't remember how he described her? Do you have notes? Because Mr. Mr. Wood basically calls her fat and ugly. Yeah, she, um, she was a larger woman. And um, then Mr. Wood says, um, if we count your chins, will it tell us your age? Oh, that that's Roasted. That, that's a pretty sick burn. Yeah. That was very not nice. Um, the audience reaction is kind of a mixture of laughter and horrified gasps. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Miss, Miss, Mrs. Berman is like, hey, stop, stop that. So and, I'm guessing the laughter is from the students, the gasps are from the parents. Reasonable to assume. And Chris says, it's not me. Mrs. Berman demands an apology. And Mr. Wood says, apologize for this, as he projectile vomits all over the front row. All over the front row. Now, that would be pretty impressive. It's great. It was great. That is pretty impressive. I loved it. You know, Gallagher could only hit some of the front row. Yeah. So, he projectile vomits some sort of green stuff. Yeah. You know, it's, possibly monster blood? Ooh, that's a very interesting thought. It could be. I don't know. Okay. Possible. But it, there's a lot of it. Yeah, and it just doesn't stop. Yeah, it continues for quite some time. Goes on and on. Yeah, and on, it just on keeps and on. coming and coming and coming. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it takes a while for Mrs. Berman to push Chris off stage, mm-hmm. and then because uh, there's so much green stuff being spewed. Yeah, out. and he tells Chris that she's going to be suspended. Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Um, at, suspended for life, she claims. Yeah, and uh, back so back at home, Chris is trying to tell her parents what happened, but they are not listening at all. They won't let her speak. Mr. Wood has been banished to the closet, and Dad is planning on returning the dummy to the pawn shop, and he says that they'll talk in the morning. So Chris can't sleep, and during the night she hears movement in the closet, Mm -hmm. then sees something moving across the floor, which she follows out of her room and into the hallway, Mm -hmm. and it's Mr. Wood. Now, let's pause there for a quick second. Uh, If you were the parent, would you still put the dummy in the girl's room, or wouldn't you just take it away and have it in your room? I'd uh, probably take it away at that point. Um, Yeah. I mean... What they've witnessed at the school concert Mm -hmm. is pretty insane. Yeah. Uh, They're not listening to their daughter. No, they're not. Obviously, she's saying, like, I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. I I guess, like, it's reasonable that they wouldn't believe her. They're not going to believe that it's, like, the dummies actually Mm -hmm. alive. Mm -hmm. But you'd think that based on, like, the magnitude of the the insanity produced at the concert, they would be impressed. They would. It's like, I'm not not even mad. That's impressive. It it is pretty impressive. And so they would want to know, like, how did you actually pull this off? That's what I would. Is there, like, a tank of monster blood that you connected to the dummy? I guess we have engineering minds. We'd be like, I'm not even mad. It's like, it's a situation where to, let's say you're on the um, first row of a high school auditorium, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So from the stage... To the first row. What sort of distance do you think that would have to be? It, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, five meters or so. Five meters Yeah, at good least? five meters. Good five meters or like uh, 15 feet or yeah. something like that yes. for, for our people who use the English system. Sure. So, um, are not engineers. Are not engineers. Uh, but, um, yeah, so you have five meters or 15 feet mm-hmm. at least, at least 15 feet with an arc because yeah. it not only hits directly in front of her, yeah. She's able to get the entire front row. Yeah. So that means it's going, you know, from left to right. And it keeps on going. It's not a fine mist. No, not it's at all. It's chunky. It's green. Heavy things flow. Like that. It's a heavy flow, indeed. Uh, but so they don't look for a tank. They don't look for, um, you know, props in the floor and things like that. Because if that was something that would have to happen, there's no way that 
she would have been able to do it by herself. She would have to have people on stage involved right. with it. Right. So as a parent, I would say, okay, you guys did a very good show. How did you do it? Yes. But and so, yeah, and that's just the the vomiting component of it. You'd think mm-hmm. that like if the dummy is now actually talking, it seems like somebody would notice that. Wow, Chris got a lot better at ventriloquism. Yeah, because that's going to be <laughs> like her talent level like increased dramatically. Exactly. Exactly. So you'd think that they'd be like, "Wow, how'd you get so good at that?" Like all of a sudden, exactly. Like before you were terrible, just really like you were bad, really bad, really bad. And now it's as if the dummy is actually like alive and exactly. talking for itself. Exactly. So yeah, to your point, they should have had a, a more in-depth conversation about what happened, and mm-hmm. maybe and maybe that would have resulted in them taking the dummy away. Mm-hmm. But yeah. or for now they, they left it in her closet. That I think that's and the dad asks, "Does your closet lock?" Yeah, he bought the house, right? Yeah, he owns the house, right? Yeah, he should know which doors lock in his own house. Yeah, unless the lock is broken, in that's which right. case, yeah. But he should have taken it. Had it in his room, locked it up, or maybe he's actually afraid of dummies himself. Very possible. The dad or the mom or whatnot. Yeah, know? yeah. But they um, leave it in Chris's room, and that night, as I said, like Mr. Wood runs out of the room, and Chris follows him out of the room, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the dummy is uh, apparently alive. And Chris says, "You know, you're a dummy. How? What are you? How are you walking around? You're mm-hmm. a dummy." And, and Mr. Wood says, "So are you." little zinger mm-hmm. chris is holding on to mr wood and he says let go of me or i'll throw you down the stairs so some Violence. threatening language yep yep chris says no she's gonna lock him up in the closet or a box and mr wood says i'm in charge this is my house now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so mr wood uh again very much alive now a threatening figure um and he's um trying to take charge trying yeah. to control the house yeah Chris tackles Mr. Wood, and they're wrestling all around the house. Uh, it's kind of an all-out brawl. They actually fall down the stairs at this point, they right? They do, yeah. Yeah, they get kind of tangled up, and they fall down the stairs. And Lindy, Lindy comes out into the hallway, turns on the light, and says, what's going on? Chris says, Mr. Wood is alive. Go get help. And Lindy is like, uh, okay. <laughs> and then run, <laughs> runs, runs, upstairs scre- runs upstairs screaming. So first and foremost, um, stairs. Stairs aren't pleasant stairs. things to stairs, fall down. George. Let's stairs. talk about them. Let's talk about them. You know, um, so how big of a flight of stairs do you think this is? Where she could fall down it, not even really be truly dazed. Um, if they're carpeted stairs, carpeted. I guess can, carpeted. you can tumble a little bit down the stairs. Yeah. Um, certainly, there's a possibility of getting hurt, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's not a certainty. Yeah. Hardwood stairs. That's yeah, that, definitely that, that worse. Be done. Yeah. Uh, so basically, think this is like maybe a half stack or something like that. You know how they have like half stacks that go down and then turn. Yeah, and then like the ninety degree turn. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Maybe it's like a landing. A little landing. I, yeah, that's very possible. You ever push anyone downstairs? No. No. Have I been pushed down the stairs? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> You've been pushed down the stairs. Yeah. Older cousin, older brother. Um, one time at school, it was like a kind of a friend of mine, even mm-hmm. though he was kind of a dick, mm-hmm. and just full out shoved me down the stairs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of caught the railing mm-hmm. on the way down, so I didn't actually fall all the way down. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty violent. Yeah. yeah. I know that. Could have been badly hurt. It was hilarious. <laughs> because that, those were probably linoleum hard stairs, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. I'm sure that they were. Yeah. I know back um, at my house, I was told this. When I was younger, I'm pretty sure I wanted to understand, you know, a little bit more about how the world worked around me. And so mm-hmm. I was younger, and my cousin, who was like maybe like three or four years younger than me, he was just crawling up the first like fly of landing stairs. And my grandmother, to- my great grandmother, told me this. As soon as he got to the top, that I just took my foot mm-hmm. and just kind of just pushed him backwards down. Oh no! Um, apparently, he wasn't hurt in any meaningful way. Yeah. But I, 
I don't know why that happened. I guess I just wanted to see what would happen. Just a little impulse. Yes, just impulse. Wow. Like, what would happen? But Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know you had it in you. I, I, I guess. Wow. It's just a curiosity. Yeah. About how the world works. Um. So where were we? Lindy, Lindy just so, ran upstairs screaming. Yeah, so basically Chris and the dummy... Yep. Wrestling, down wrestling, the stairs. fighting, mm-hmm. really going toe to toe. It's it's pretty much an all out brawl through the house. Mm-hmm. Lindy runs upstairs screaming after she sees what's going on. By the time mom and dad show up, Chris has Mr. Wood pinned, mm-hmm. but he's stopped moving. So once again, they're like, "Damn it, Chris!" Quit screwing around. <laughs> they're just annoyed, and they definitely don't believe their daughter. Not even a little bit. Um, but we've kind of seen this before too. Another trope that we've seen before. I guess we well sort of in a roundabout way. We kind of saw this with. Um, Let's get invisible when yes, the kid was juggling yes. tomatoes and then they stopped juggling tomatoes. So the guy's wife was like, thought that he was crazy. The old Michigan J frog routine. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So Mr. Wood going limp when Lindy's or when Chris's parents come out, um, again, made Chris's parents think that she's the crazy one. Oh, also while they were actually fighting, I th- believe that Lindy, uh, well, no, Chris managed to get the back of the dummy. Uh-huh. Now, if, if Chris knew her jujitsu, mm-hmm. she would put me in a rear naked choke. Okay. At can that you, point, can you describe that and possibly demonstrate on me right now? That <laughs> well, is. I don't want to mess up the wires, but rear right. naked choke is basically you get behind the person, you control their one of their arms, and you sort of wrap your right bicep around their neck, mm-hmm. so that it makes That's a, a good move. So that makes a triangle yep. pointing down towards their abdomen. Yep. And you sort of use your other hand to actually pull and hold that in place. Okay. You know. Yeah. Yep. So I see you trying to do it yourself. <laughs> we keep don't, pulling the mic away from our faces. Don't choke yourself work. out. But um, but yeah, it's a situation where, um, you know, many times in MMA, if you get someone's back or like any sort yeah. of jiu-jitsu, yeah, that should be the They're end done. of it. Yeah. But I mean, would it what, even work? Yeah. I mean, would it work? And also, like, Mr. Wood is pretty small, like relatively small. So can you get proper leverage on like... You might. Really you, small... It should be even easier. But think the better question is: Does he need air, or does he actually? Because um, um, sort of like that choke is actually not a air choke; it's a blood choke. Right. Compresses you know, the arteries. It, it compresses the, the arteries on either side of your neck, and people just they go to sleep because their blood is like okay, you know, there's not enough oxygen, and your brain just starts to shut down. Yeah. So would that even work? Controlling something that is magical like that. Um, I'm trying to remember if at one point they heard the sound of breathing. Hmm. The implication that the dummy was breathing. breathing. I feel like that happened at one point. Like they like thought they heard like breath coming from the dummy. Yeah. So that makes me think that it breathes. Um, and so maybe it needs uh, oxygen to its blood, to its brain. I guess. I don't know. But also do the joints work the same way as uh, humans would? Like, would you be able to put joint locks on it? I'm thinking maybe no. I joint, think it has joint more, locks probably no more flexibility. And so part of yeah. that is the fact that you know, as a person, you can't turn your head around and bite, you know, the other thing. Right, right, right. So, so yeah. So yeah, I think all the rules that typically apply to martial arts don't necessarily apply to this situation. Yeah, but yeah. but if yeah, you got unclear. the back, you should be able to at least control. Yeah, I don't really know how big this dummy is, but obviously Chris is a lot bigger. Well, I mean, has she's, a size advantage. She's like what, twelve year old girl? Yeah, she's at least. Um, I think they said that both of them are kind of tall and slender, right? I think so. So yeah. I'm guessing she's at least five foot. Sure. Yeah. Five foot, maybe mm, ninety ninety pounds, maybe. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. But so, she obviously carries the dummy around easily. She carries it yeah, around all the so, time, so she's like a lot bigger. So the than dum- stronger. yeah, the dummy's probably what, like fifteen pounds? 
I would say less, but less. Yeah, maybe ten. Yeah, so yeah. she definitely has the weight advantage yeah. in this in this bout. Absolutely. So she shouldn't be struggling as much. She should not. Yeah, she should have uh, KO'd the dummy pretty quickly. Yeah. But they, I think they mentioned that the dummy was surprisingly strong, though. They did say that, yeah. Um, but Chris um, had been wrestling with the dummy. The parents come out. The dummy stops moving. The parents are annoyed. They tell the kids to go to bed. Mm-hmm. They also go back to bed. As soon as they do, Mr. Wood comes to life once again. This time, Lindy sees it too. And Mr. Wood says that he's alive because Chris read the ancient words. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. says that Chris and Lindy are going to be his slaves. Mm. So with this, yes. again, the parents just stepping away too soon. It's like, hey, you kids, the stop parents. messing around. Just just stop it. We're going to bed now. These so. were particularly bad parents. These were the book. worst, I think. They were pretty bad. Definitely at no point were they listening to their kids. Mm-hmm. At no point were they making reasonable decisions. They're mm-hmm. not going to be in your, your spinoff series, Reasonable People. It was like they were under a spell from Aunt Catherine. Yeah, and you never know if like the, the kind of the the mystical powers that are influencing Mister Wood also somehow influence the parents. Like that's, that's a possibility. That's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, you can't discount that possibility, George. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyways, back to the story. Chris has the idea to grab the paper out of Mister Wood's pocket and read the words again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She does that, but doesn't do anything. She tells Lindy that they have to kill him. Chris says she'll hold on to Mister Wood, and Lindy needs to pull <laughs> his head off. So, so they go from. Oh, the dummy's alive. The first yeah. thing is, let's kill it. You know, not let's capture it and make some money. Well, they, yeah, I mean, they tried that. I think that obviously it's a very threatening figure. This and, is true. And this Chris true. wants this to be over with. So she's mm-hmm. like, we have to kill it. Let's pull his head off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Lindy tries to pull the head. So Chris has the dummy, Mr. Wood, by the body. Mm-hmm. Lindy tries to rip his head off, but it won't come off. Mr. Wood says, you can't kill me. I have powers. What powers? I mean, like it's like we can't kill me. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, he'll he'll continue to make that claim, but he doesn't seem particularly powerful. <laughs> Maybe very possible. <laughs> he knows a lot of important people. Exactly. Uh, they de- they decide to try to cut off his head with scissors. That's no good. No, doesn't work. You gotta get a knife. I mean, like, why don't they go for a knife? I guess that's probably less safe. The dummy can get it from them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how would how would you approach this situation? How would Justin? I kill this dummy? Um, I mean, just using household items. Well, George, that actually, I, I didn't necessarily want to talk about this in detail yet, but there's a, another Twilight Zone episode mm-hmm. where there's like a doll that comes to life. Oh, right. Oh, say and, that. Then, say and, the, and the guy, well, I'll just give a, a little bit away. The guy tries to kill the doll repeatedly, mm-hmm. unsuccessfully. Mm-hmm. And he, what he does is he puts the doll's head in a vice mm-hmm. and then he gets like a circular saw and tries to cut its head off. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a good approach, a good mm-hmm. idea, a good way to do it, mm-hmm. but it didn't work for him. Mm-hmm. I think my approach might just be to kind of like wrap it up in like a blanket and then another blanket, tie it up around that, ah. put it in like a chest, lock the chest, put chain around the chest. Ah, so the old uh, binding technique as seen so. in things such as uh, the anime Naruto. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but yeah, so basically just binding... Or um, in uh, Spooky Links, where they actually... Yeah. Um, Freaky Links. Freaky Links, yes. <laughs> yes, I remember that. So yeah. basically, they take it, wrap it up, put it in cement, bury it. Yeah. Um, just think about household items right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, first thing I would do, I mean, just basically, these are teenage girls, right? Mm-hmm. Who probably have nail polish. Pre-teens or tweens. Tweens. Yeah. They probably have nail polish, meaning they probably have nail polish remover. Okay, right? interesting. So um situation is... First thing is that the dummy obviously can see, right? Yeah. 
I would uh, I would use nail polish remover to um, remove the eyes of the dummy. Interesting. Basically, so you have a blinded dummy that reduces the amount of damage they could do to you. Okay. Right. Um, then you're just gonna pour nail polish into the dummy's eyes. Nail polish remover okay. or yeah. nail polish yeah. actually. Okay. Yeah. Nail polish remover. Uh, basically, you know, just kind of cripple the dummy. Wow. Um. I mean, just what you have at hand in your room, yeah. you know, because uh, you probably, as preteens or tweens, tweens, they probably don't have very sharp knives in the room. Um, right. Then, okay, bind, you know. You just don't You just don't know what's going to actually damage the dummy. This is like, true. You don't know if, like, hitting it and having a baseball bat's going to do anything. Mm-hmm. They're trying to, like, stab it, cut it. doesn't work. I think at that point you just need to, you know that its physical strength is finite, mm-hmm. so... If you can overpower it and wrap it up and chain it up, put it in a box of some kind. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's the best way to do it. No, I mean, that would be the next step. I mean, basically, you sort of cripple its abilities, then bind it. That way that if it's able to get out, okay, it's going to be blind. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be harder for it to find you. Right? Very reasonable. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, like, basically, cripple it before you... Um... But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I have more to talk about that, but... okay. Um, so a couple attempts to kill the dummy, the, trying to pull the head off, trying mm-hmm. to cut it off, doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So they decide to lock him in the closet. Mr. Wood again says that he has powers and that if the kids don't do what he says, he'll hurt their parents, their friends, and their dog. Mm-hmm. So the kids find a suitcase and try to shove him inside, but he gets loose. Um, so the kids are basically doing what I suggested, which well, is like... They didn't the, tie the him technique. before they put him in the suitcase. That was their mistake. Right. Um, oh, do you think the kids would have super glue? Uh, possible. So again... Super glue its eyes shut. Super okay. glue its mouth shut. Yeah. You know, if its mouth is shut, it can't bite you. That's right? true. Um, yeah, there's, they, it did bite a couple times. That's yeah, one of its so main, you know, ways weapon. to attack. Yeah, yeah. so if its uh, mouth is uh, shut, it can't talk. Right. If its eyes are shut, it can't bite you. That's right. Um, so you just have a blind, dumb, mute dummy running around. Yeah. And um, A lot less threatening. Hmm? A lot less threatening. A lot less threatening, yeah. you know, just striking out. So... Yeah. Then you can't really see when your parents are around. Yeah. So I think I, I get what you're what you're saying here um, with the the eyes and the mouth stuff. When it's telling you it has powers, though, you don't know what you the don't know are. what you're dealing with. That's true. I mean, you want to get rid of it. You like want to get rid of it. Your solution is more of a solution that's final. More of a final I, I guess solution. so. I. Yeah. I it's hard to know what I would do in that situation. Maybe you just want to get it out of the house. I don't know. Yeah. Base. I mean. I basically bind it. Yeah. Right. Bind it, glue it. Yep. Pack it up. Get it out of the house. Yeah. Um. I. Th- well. Uh. Go. Tell me what they do next. Tell okay. me what they do next because I have um, thoughts on that. Yeah. So the kids find that suitcase. They shove him in it, but he gets out. He says the that the kids are going to regret this. Someone's going to die. Mm-hmm. The kids manage to grab him again and get him into the suitcase. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're basically just. Um. He he keeps like squirming loose, yeah. running around. They have to grab him again. They're trying, you know, multiple times again and again to shove him into a suitcase and to lock the suitcase. Um, and they said they're going to bury him outside once they get him in the suitcase. He keeps saying that, oh, yeah, I have powers. I'm warning you. You know, I'm getting tired of your stupid attempts to harm me. Yep. Now, my thing is, if someone actually has power, right? Yes. Someone doesn't tell you, doesn't need to tell you that they have power. Right. They show you, right? They they act on their power. This yeah. just seems like empty threats to me. It definitely does. Uh, Mr. Wood seems to be kind of a a character that wants to convey mm-hmm, mm-hmm. powerful 
attributes, but mm-hmm. actually is relatively powerless, and it's just kind of a dummy that's scampering around the house. So, so a dummy with tiny hands yeah. that wants to say that he's powerful. <laughs> right. So he just keeps saying, you know, how powerful he is. Exactly. You know how everybody you know, says. Everybody tells me that. Everyone tells me how powerful he is. Yeah. So powerful. People on the street they stop me and they say, "You're very powerful." Such it's a very, very powerful impressive. man. Yes. So a very powerful man. So. Right. But yeah. Yeah, we've seen this in other places in contemporary pop culture. But, exactly, exactly. Uh, so they they have him, uh, the dummy in the suitcase. Mr. Wood's in the suitcase. They drag him outside. Mm-hmm. They can hear Mr. Wood screaming inside. Mm-hmm. They dig a hole and drop and drop the suitcase containing Mr. Wood into the hole. So let me go back to the hole digging here. Yes. Because like many Arlstein books, this it becomes more interesting near the end. Yeah. So to dig the hole, they go to the shed. And what sort of shovel do they grab? Do you remember? Oh, George, it was a snow shovel. They grab a snow shovel for yeah, digging holes. you're right. Yep. Why? God, I have no idea. What a <laughs> terrible, terrible choice for digging That's a hole. That's an awful hole digging tool. It's going to break like five minutes in there. Yeah. They're just going to be digging with a it's handle. Not, it's also not going to like penetrate the ground. Exactly. The snow shovel's got like a wide blade that mm. is not optimal for like penetrating Penetr- the ground and actually lifting up a, a clump sh- of a dirt. clump of dirt. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I know that there was a construction site next door, yep. right? Yep. Maybe they were trying to just use the soft dirt there. But still, I know if you have a snow shovel... In a home, as a homeowner, you probably own a regular shovel Typically, or something yeah. better. Yeah. Like, you know, either even a rake would be better almost. Yeah, you I know? agree. Yes. A rake and a snow shovel. And yeah. Why do they only grab one implement? I don't know. You know, they have them already in the thing. Yeah, they right? do. Yeah. Whatever. I just. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, And also, like, I don't know. They didn't talk about, like, the dimensions or the depth of the hole, I don't think. That's but true. it requires true. a pretty significant hole to put a whole suitcase in there. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing it's, like, like maybe a small suitcase. Like, if you have a set of three, it's the smallest one, right? Sure. But that would be maybe at least the suitcase itself is probably at least a foot high. Sure. Right, when it's laying down. Yeah. So, did they just, like, maybe dig a two-foot deep hole? And just stick it maybe, in there, I think it's going to be Maybe all they right. cut corners. But, I mean, you would think in a situation like this, it's pretty important that the hole be deep enough to really keep them in there. Exactly. But maybe they cut corners. Are they, sloppy. Are they going to pay the price for that? Maybe. We'll see. So they dig that hole. They drop the suitcase in. Mm-hmm. The kids go back to bed. Chris says that she's so sleepy. I don't know why the adrenaline isn't keeping her up. She just went through a pretty insane situation. But Lindy's very tired, so she's going to go to bed. Speaking of insane, uh-huh. so digging holes, where, where are you going to get on you? Dirt. So they went straight from digging holes to going to bed. Yeah. This is an issue. Yeah. I think I could, I mean, I'm, I'd be more concerned about like the sweatiness, personally. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go to bed sweaty. I think it was a cool night, right? Yeah. They mentioned it was a cool night, so it was probably a good night for digging holes. And again, this may have been a very shallow hole. The way, the, what happens next, it was a shallow hole. Yeah. And so, it's maybe that they weren't very dirty, maybe they weren't very sweaty. So, I'm mm-hmm. not too concerned about the lack of bathing, showering. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am, I, it's crazy to me that Lindy was tired enough to go to bed after all this happened. Like, mm-hmm. definitely the most traumatic, I would assume, the most traumatic experience of her life, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. having this dummy a dummy try to kill her and her sister. Mm-hmm. But she's tired. She's going to go to bed. Probably low blood sugar. Possible. It is late at night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Chris says that she's so happy that they got rid of Mr. Wood. Mm-hmm, They're doing mm-hmm. well, considering the insanity of the situation. And the next morning, Chris wakes up feeling good. She heads downstairs and mm-hmm. finds her mom angry in the kitchen. Uh, mom is angry mm-hmm. because Mr. Wood is sitting on the kitchen counter and he winks at Chris. And he's all dirty, right? Yeah. Yes. So, should have dug that hole a little deeper. Yeah. 
basically, what was that old Western saying? If you're going to bury a man, you need to make sure he's dead first. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Um, but this is no man, George. This is a <laughs> zombie. Well, not a zombie, but like a reanimated dummy. Yeah. With, so, with, with uh, tiny hands. Yeah. Um, so then dad comes downstairs and he says that he and mom have to go uh, leave to do some shopping. When they leave, Mr. Wood says to Chris, I warned you. Barky the dog and Lindy come downstairs and Mr. Wood is like, I'm going to prove to you that it's a serious situation. And he grabs Barky and starts strangling him. I didn't care for that at all, George. Well, I mean, yeah, it basically Barkley did nothing wrong. Barkley did nothing wrong. Barkley did nothing wrong. Also, the parent, like, you guys are so bad. When we get back from the shop, we're going to deal with this. Yeah. As opposed to dealing with it and taking the dummy. It's like, obviously, the dummy is the cause of problems. Yeah, that. And also, you'd think that, like, when Chris sees that Mr. Wood is in the kitchen and the dummy winks at Chris, mm-hmm. I can't imagine a kid not having a complete emotional meltdown like the, the parents <laughs> should be able to read their children's face and like see the the trauma and the fear on their face because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, i don't know why chris would be reluctant to like insist to her parents like no this thing is gonna fucking kill us yeah just take this it away gonna kill me take it away yeah like like here let me give you an example when i had my tonsils removed mm-hmm. um like when i was really younger they were we were given like a I was given a doll with like two faces, one like upset, sad face mm-hmm. and one with a happy face indicating that, oh, once you have this removed, you're going to be happy. But that didn't change the fact that was a doll with two faces. Yeah. Right. So uh, my mother described the story to me as, you know, she had the doll. She'd like maybe put it on my bed. She'd come home the next day and the doll would be in the trash. Okay. So she'd take it out of the trash and, you know, she'd kind of dust it off and put it huh. in my bed. Yeah. And then... No, and a few days later, she'd find the doll in the trash, maybe like cut up or something like that. Yeah, she got the message that was a creepy doll. I okay. didn't want around me. Good, you know. Yeah, yeah. so that's yeah. what a good parent does. So tell me more about this doll. This was it upset you? And I uh, don't, I don't remember the doll exactly. Okay, that's but interesting. It's a doll that has two faces: a face on the front and a face on the back. Yeah, and I, as a child who just got his tonsils taken out, maybe what six, seven years old or less. Yeah. Basically, this was around the time that Care Bears was getting big. Okay. Um, you know, there was, I think there was a Care Bear thing I watched before the surgery that talked about ice cream and stuff like that. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was just something that I found to be upsetting, you know, yeah. and um, I did not care for it. Yeah. I did not care for it at all. So um, yeah. Or th- did you think you were like afraid of it? I probably just found it creepy. I think she found uh, it in the trash the last time with one of the faces like scribbled out or something Which like face? that. Which face? Which face did you? <laughs> I don't know. Probably yeah, the probably mean looking face. face. Yeah. 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 I mean, do you have any experiences like that? Um, I think my sister had a lot of like dolls and stuff that were kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not creeped out by like Barbie dolls and stuff, but it's mm-hmm. like those like older like porcelain kind of oh, dolls. Oh, okay. Like, there were quite a few of those around the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't understand why anybody would have those in their home. Well, some people like being haunted. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually, I'd rather have those dolls now because I'm more uh, interested in like kind of the creepiness of them. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. But like having them around when you're a kid, it's just like it's in your head messing yeah. with you. Yeah, I mean, it's just like these these are ghost babies. Like it's yeah. basically every ghost baby is like one of those old porcelain dolls. Yeah. But, mm. Yeah. So back in our story, uh, Mr. Wood has grabbed Barky, the dog, and is like strangling him. The dog is like squealing and yelping. Which, I think he probably put him in a bare naked choke. Probably. So. Yeah. Which was which is terrible. Yeah. 
So the kids tackle Mr. Wood and try to free Barky, mm-hmm. but Mr. Wood won't let go. He says the dog must die now. Mm-hmm. Chris pull, pulls Mr. Wood's hands off of Barky, and Mr. Wood punches Chris in the face. The dog didn't die, by the way. The dog did get away. Yeah. Um, but now Mr. Wood is attacking Chris. Lindy grabs Mr. Wood's legs, and Chris tries to grab his arms, but he bites Chris's hand. Mm-hmm. For the he, second time, Exactly, because right? he didn't have his mouth glued shut. Exactly. After a struggle, Chris manages to grab his arms, and they decide to take him out to the construction site next door, where there are steamrollers flattening mm-hmm. the ground. Mm-hmm. And all along, Mr. Wood is screaming about how he has powers, and he keeps threatening the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's raining outside a little bit, and the grass is wet. Mm-hmm. So we got wet grass, mm-hmm. and the kids are running towards the steamrollers. Yeah. And planning on throwing Mr. Wood in the path of the steamrollers. Yeah, this this will end well, I'm And sure. then they see Barky is on the loose, and he's running on the wet grass mm-hmm. right into the path of an oncoming steamroller. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was the end of a chapter. And it was the most suspense I've felt at the end of a Goosebumps chapter in all of the books that we've read so far. Barky, no. Barky, no, Barky oh my no. God. Yeah. That's how you write a suspenseful chapter. Exactly, Earl right. Stein. You're so getting the, it right now. So the kids drop Mr. Wood and dive in front of Barky because he's running into the path of the oncoming steamroller. Mm-hmm. Um, they manage to kind of block his path and Barky kind of runs off in another direction. Mm-hmm. And then the operator of the steamroller yells at the kids to get out of there. Uh, Mr. Wood mm-hmm. is then he's now loose and yells I'm free mm-hmm. and starts to run mm-hmm. but he runs directly into the path of the second steamroller <laughs> so Mr. Wood gets flattened <laughs> the operator of that steamroller then gets out and he's like oh my god <laughs> I've, I've killed a child and the, and the kids are like no it was just a dummy and the operator is relieved and so are the kids but actually when the dummy gets uh, run over yeah. Uh, green gas comes out, which yeah. I assume I have my notes is obviously R.L. Stein magic. Yeah, you know because he tends to do things with green. But um, yeah, the the yeah. operator thought he killed a child. Yeah, which traumatic moment for him. Traumatic moment for him. Yeah, more traumatic than the dummy winking at. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was a great chapter. <laughs> it was a pretty good. It chapter. was a couple. It was a couple of great chapters. Yeah, a so lot he going on. Down, he's yeah. upset. You know, he knows that he. You know be fired from his job you know he can't oh, lose yeah. another job again yeah i mean what's he going to do now what's he gonna do yeah how's he gonna feed his family oh my god so. yeah yeah so that was a, a traumatic moment for him uh but the dummy has been crushed mm-hmm. flattened um the kids are like oh it's just a dummy they go back inside they're glad that it's all over mm-hmm. their clothes are wet so they go upstairs to change mm-hmm. and as chris is closing the bedroom window slappy grabs her wrist and he says Hey, slave, is the other guy gone? I thought he would never leave. Mm. So now uh, Lindy's dummy, Slappy, I guess, is alive. Mm-hmm, or possibly mm-hmm. was alive the whole time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the end. That is the end. That is um, the end of uh, Night of the Living Dummy. Yeah, so coming into the story, I thought Slappy was like the villain, but it's actually Mr. Wood the whole time, and then Slappy is apparparently alive at the end. It's um, it's a misdirect. It definitely is a misdirect, and... Um, the th- reason that you thought Slappy was the villain is because he does show up yeah. in a bunch of other Goosebumps properties. Right, right. So I think uh, that's why you thought that. That's right. Also, he's the one that's on the cover and things like that. So How do you know that that's... Sla- oh, yeah, that is Slappy. You can, you tell can tell by the way he's dressed. The way he's dressed and also the chip in his chin. Oh, interesting. So the distinctive chip in his chin. So That's funny that they would have the, the other dummy on the cover instead yeah. of the main dummy from the book. Yeah, I mean it's a good misdirect, and that's that's uh, R.L. Stein at this point is um, 
you know, this is how you build uh, suspense, yeah. right? This yep. is how you build uh, something that is worthwhile. Yep. So, so I've got a few questions about the end and then I don't know. I'm sure you've got some additional notes and some odds and ends. But mm-hmm. if I can ask, ask a few questions first. Yes, sir. What is the deal with these dummies? Um, do you have any theories about the origin of the dummies, where they came from? Well, let's see. So in this world, magic exists. You know, sure. like let's do we want to assume a shared Goosebumps universe? I think that's a good assumption. I think it's 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 fair to make that assumption. So if we assume a shared Goosebumps universe, which uh, is even uh, hinted to by some of the later uh, books and yep. uh, documents, right? Um, we assume that these dummies are magic, maybe totems or magic uh, uh, creatures are imbued with magic, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like enchanted. Um, yeah, uh, objects. Yeah, enchanted objects. So they were probably um, part of a set. Right, that's why they look so similar. Mm-hmm. You know, the person who owned Slappy, you know, kept him nearby and things like that. Yeah. Or until they died, you know, like notice Slappy was found in a dumpster, right? Yes. So the people must have moved out. Maybe were trying to run away from him, left him in a dumpster or something like that. I I think that's f- a reasonable assumption. And like they also mentioned that the pawn shop owner was eager to get rid of Mr. Yeah. Wood. Yeah. So these dummies may have um, kind of terrorized other people in the past. Yeah. yeah. Um, but who wrote the ancient words and why? I think they said the ancient, um, the sorcerer that brought them to life. They mentioned that at some point, right? Uh, I don't think so. Not in this one. I thought they mentioned something They mentioned about a that. sorcerer? No. That the words that brought them to life or something. That might have been from a later book. Yeah. But um, But he's got the words in his pocket. Meaning that um, they were from somewhere. I'm. I don't. If they were made at the same time, they're probably clothed the same way. But um, Mr. Wood had more recent clothing, meaning he was probably reupholstered at some point. Do you think that there was anything actually special about these dummies, or is it just the words, like a spell created by somebody that animates a figure? They were just regular, like manufactured, like toys mm. that became enchanted by the words. Like the magic is in the words, not I, in the dummies. I think the magic is in the words. Yeah. Also, one of the things that I'm also wondering if the words brought Mr. Wood to life, right? Mm-hmm. And the second time they said the words, it did nothing. Or appears to have done nothing. Do you think the second time, yeah, appears to have done nothing. Do you think the second time they said the words, it brought Slappy to life? Very possible. Or, you know, Slappy may have been awakened by the ancient words the first time, but was just playing like the long game. It was like a long con, mm-hmm. and he was just going to be silent because maybe he's he's been through this before. Like, they may even know each other from yeah. previous experiences. Yeah. And Slappy learned in the past that, like, Mr. Wood doesn't, he's got no chill. Yeah. He he's vomits on people at school concerts, and that gets him buried. Exactly. And eventually killed. And so Slappy's like, I'm just going to lay low. Until this crazy dude is out of the picture, and then I'll reveal that I'm actually alive. So this crazy dude, you know, keeps talking about all the power he has, right? Uh, keeps doing things, try to push himself to be first, and right. things like that, and yeah. just, um, yeah. I mean, that I think um, Slappy's probably the smarter one of both. Yeah, them, you know, I mean, he sticks around. I don't think we hear about Mister Wood again later. Okay. Is ultimately is the behavior of the dummies? Is that a reflection of Chris and Lindy's behavior? Is there, is there a, like a, a higher level lesson in this book? Because mm. early on, the behavior of Chris and Lindy we found pretty, you know, pretty bad. 
and then you have these two dummies. Mm-hmm. It's like so. Chris and Lindy are twins. Mm-hmm. The dummies, dummies are, are twins. twins. Yeah. So are the dummies like a reflection of Chris and Lindy's behavior? That's that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, basically, you could say that the spewing of the vomit mm-hmm. would be sort of like the venom that. Uh, which one was the one that? Uh, Lindy was the more like negative one. Like um, could be the vo- would well. Could actually, be- no. I, I take that back. Chris was was shitting on Lindy a lot early on because Lindy had a new interest. Um, so Chris was the one who was like kind of negative and like, oh, your your dummy's stupid. You're oh, stupid. Oh, which and was th- the one that got Mr. Wood? That was Chris. So Chris, yeah. yeah. So it could be um, sort of a reflection of the negative venom that uh, Chris, yeah. Uh, was spewing towards Lindy. I think that's right. Throughout the entire time, the jealousy manifest. Yeah. Um, in terms of Slappy. Yeah, uh, and then you'll, you'll remember that Chris, after being kind of shit on by, by no, Lindy, after being shit on by Chris for a long period of time, mm-hmm. she pulled that like, pretty terrible prank on her sister. But she played it close to the vest the entire time. She did. Yep. You know, she, no one would have known if she didn't... Mm-hmm. You know, reveal it. Yes. So it was more of a, she slow played it exactly, and she really kind of terrorized her sister by um, being like subtle and and sneaky about it and taking her time, which is ultimately what Slappy did, right? It's true. It's so true. each dummy kind of mirrors the behavior of their controller of their ventriloquist. Yeah, that's we figured it out. George. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, would you be looking forward to seeing our next adventure with uh, Slappy? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I like this one well enough. Um. So I'm looking forward to a sequel of None of the Living Dummy. Mm-hmm. As you remember, I hated Monster Blood. I know there are sequels to Monster Blood coming mm-hmm, up. I'm mm-hmm. not looking forward to those. <laughs> but I am looking forward to the dummy sequels. Yeah. I mean, I'm also thinking about different ways of like taking out that dummy and like, at least stopping it from being able to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen, um, uh, what you call it, Walking Dead? Sure. You've heard about like Michonne and how she dealt with like zombies? Uh, yeah. She She's basically tied them up. She removed their jaw. Oh, that's right. So that they can't bite her. They removed her arm so that they can't scratch her. Yep. So basically, I mean, one of the things they could do with Mr. Wood, they find a nice curb, you know, mm-hmm. and just remove his bottom jaw with the curb. Yeah. Through a uh, pressured application of the heel to the back yeah. of his head. Yeah. So. A little curb stomp. I, well, I didn't say that. You said <laughs> <laughs> but, um But that, again, I, 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 if I'm not a fan of leaving a potential danger out there in a way that could still harm me. Yeah, you know? I was like, so what we've seen is that the dummies are very resilient. Yeah. Um, just taking a note from Twilight Zone again, mm-hmm. when they had the living doll episode, the father of the girl who had the doll tried to kill it in a variety of ways. It was indestructible. So, you know, you'd think that a an enchanted object like this mm-hmm. This dumb, these dummies might actually be indestructible. Okay. I was a little bit surprised that steamrollers did the job that, that crushed the dummy. Yeah. So that does suggest that they are not indestructible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They are vulnerable to you know strong forces. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess it's possible that you could um, you know break the jaw of it or something and actually yeah. like kind of uh, dismember it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. do that before you get the uh, was it quick right from the shed. Yeah. Before you get the concrete from the shed. Right. You know, tie yeah. it up. Yep. Put it in the box. Pour the concrete. Put the concrete on. Bury the bury the box. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, I I'm surprised they didn't look for concrete. I guess. Uh, but again, maybe yeah. they didn't think this. Maybe they didn't see the twilight zone. Uh, they probably don't really know how to mix concrete. I mean, they might. But I mean, the instructions are on the bag. Yeah. Right. But you got to have like a proper container to mix it. You got to be able to pour it. Those bags are not light. That's true. 
Yeah, that's like true. 40, 50 pounds. I, I'm at least. not mixed concrete myself, but okay. I mean, basically. Yeah, you could do it. I've done it a couple times. It's fun. I mean, you could mix it in, in C2, right? You could like put the dummy in there, right? Pour the concrete and then oh, just. I don't think you want to do that. You, you probably that? could, but you definitely want to pre-mix before you pour. Pre-mix before you put the dummy in? Um, so you, 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 you get your, your bag of like quickcrete or whatever. Yeah. You add the appropriate amount of water. Okay. You mix it up to make it like kind of viscous mm-hmm. and then you pour it. Okay. So I would do that and then pour it over the dummy. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> so basically a trip to Home Depot. Yeah. And there's probably no 24 hour Home Depots where they live. Probably not. Yeah. Not within walking distance. No. So. And then you need some supplies again you need to be able to lift the bags of cement or mm-hmm, concrete mm-hmm. or whatever so yeah it's uh not a small it's not a big job but it's also kind of a big job for 12 year olds um, yeah, it's, yeah it's at least an afternoon yeah. endeavor you know but anyways that would have been kind of the gold standard solution yeah is a concrete block concrete block side. you know yeah that's what yeah. i would do going forward that's what i would do to any enchanted dummies in my life or enchanted items yeah you know demon possessed items concrete block bury it yep um yeah and Great. just keep an eye on it yes. or bury it then move away yeah 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 don't just throw it in a dumpster yeah no that's a bad idea yeah. all right so let's get on to some odds and ends here i've got a, a couple things um want to talk a, a little bit more about those twilight zones again because there's two two key episodes in twilight zone that's mm-hmm. reminded me of there's the one with the ventriloquist where do you remember the, did you see this? I, I think i do remember this okay. one but you tell me there's a ventriloquist one where the guy has um, this dummy that's like mocking him mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like uh, just making him kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And then like he's a performer and his act is like not going well. Mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. dummy like taunts him. Mm-hmm. And in the end, the dummy like switches with him sort mm-hmm, of. Mm-hmm. So they kind of like switch faces and switch positions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the ventriloquist becomes the dummy. Mm-hmm. And the dummy is like um, kind of in control of yeah. the ventriloquist. Yeah. So I've, that's the ventriloquist episode of Twilight Zone. There's been um, several different iterations where they made fun of this or no, or parodied this in yeah. things like um, uh, American Dad. They did one with Roger and Steve. They mm-hmm. did a version of this in the Cleveland Show. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, they did a version of this. Um, they actually did a version of this in um, China, Illinois. I've never heard of that. That's that's one of those Adult Swim shows okay. that come on at odd time. Got it. It's uh, by the guy who made up. Uh, have you ever seen that internet skit like uh, George Washington? No. About Washington, Washington. No. You know, ten feet tall, made of radiation. No. All right, we'll watch watch that later. All right. But um, yeah, basically is where you're have this thing that's supposed to be bring you part of your act, but then starts to take you over. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Nice. And then the other Twilight Zone is the Living Doll. Which is mm-hmm. one where this girl gets a doll. Um, she's got um, this stepfather who's like kind of a shitty dude, and he's like mm-hmm. really paranoid, and he thinks that his wife and his stepdaughter hate him. Mm. And then, so the girl's got this doll, and the doll starts saying mean things to the stepdad, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. thinks that like the daughter and the mom are like controlling it somehow and mm-hmm. using it as like a radio, and they're saying all these mean things to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he slowly realizes that it is the doll. The doll tries to kill him. He how, tries to how kill does the, the doll. Try to kill him. Um, pushes him down some stairs. Yeah, well. Um, so that's <laughs> are they carpeted or not carpeted? I think they're not. So oh, I, actually, that's, I think that's that's, that's basically like kind of how uh, it unfolds. Is the guy gets pushed down the stairs, mm-hmm. um, and so the doll is alive. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, like the the kind of the twist is that like the doll says something mean to the mom also. So it's just like this uh, 
living doll that's like evil. It's an evil doll. Does the guy eventually die? Yeah. He dies. Spoiler alert. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. I mean it is like a sixty year old T V show, so Well if you haven't watched it by now, yeah. we'll give you a minute to watch it. Yep. Go ahead and watch it. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a, it's a great episode of the Twilight Zone. And it's and this book is more similar to the Living Doll than it is to that ventriloquism episode of the Twilight Zone. This is true. This is yep. true. So that's the Twilight Zones. And then the other um thing that this reminded me of a lot is Child's Play, the mm-hmm. horror series. A lot of similarities there. It's a trope where it's a living doll because yeah. I think a murderous dolls, living doll. Dolls have a uh, situation where they have human like characteristics, but mm-hmm. they have you know, like they're not human. You know, mm-hmm. they have those dark eyes. You know, mm-hmm. like dolls' eyes. There's mm-hmm. like there's no life in them. Exactly. You know? Yeah. You know, dolls will take life. They can't, there's no because li- there's no life in them. That's right. right. Yeah. So yeah. So it goes something like that. I could see a lot of the. Um, like the specifics of how Chucky and Child's Play came to life, like mm-hmm, a lot of mm-hmm. that, I think could apply to the to Slappy and Mister Wood. Yeah, um, just the way that um, kind of the, the mechanics of it all and how it all comes together, yeah. which makes me think if that's the case, then the dolls are are quite human. Like Chucky was quite human, very much human. Yeah, and like had could like bleed and like could yeah. feel pain and all that stuff. So yeah, um, if that's the case for the um, dummies, Mr. Wood and Slappy, then that tells you a lot about, you know, their vulnerabilities and how to mm-hmm. kind of maintain and control them. I think they do like, uh, while Chucky could bleed and stuff like that, cause he kind of plush and stuff like that. These guys were actually, I think made of wood mm-hmm. or at least, uh, at least had the properties of wood. Um, yeah. It's a situation where, Oh, speaking of Chucky, have you seen like, the new Chucky stuff? I've seen a couple of them, yeah. Like the, the more recent ones. Yeah. There's been one that just came out. Curse a few of years Chucky, ago. I think, was one. One where he can actually possess multiple dolls at the same time now? I don't know if I saw that one. I saw the. Um, I don't remember. There was one that's like in a mental hospital. That was decent. Yeah. It was yeah, not think, too bad. I've not watched them, but I think the lore uh, mm-hmm. is interesting. Mm-hmm. You know? But anyway, like, it's. I, I think there are just tropes of possessed dolls all over yeah in creep show there was i think uh one of the little vignettes was about that yeah people are afraid of dolls yeah you know so yeah but yeah they just sit there looking at you yes they do like our good old friend spongebob over there yeah staring at me with his <laughs> dead eyes dead eyes like doll eyes all right but let More me odds and ends odds and ends so let's see uh trivia so I'm looking at my trivia notes here. The artwork on the cover. By the way, we're going, we're going very long with this episode. That's which fine. Is totally That's fine. fine. It's a it's a an extra special episode. A very extra special episode for you. Be careful the what you cast for. Um, be careful what you cast yeah. for. All right. So the artwork on the cover is close close up of Slappy, not Mister Wood, like we just talked about. The uh, main story villain, despite um, a Friday the Thirteenth. This is similar to Friday the 13th, where the first installment has a different villain. Mm, interesting, yeah. Uh, further installments feature famous icon that would be associated with the source. Yes. For those of you listening who don't recall, Friday the 13th, the first one, Mrs. Voorhees was the villain. And then, of course, Jason was the villain in the second one mm-hmm. and through the rest of the series. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the case in this uh, book as well. Yeah. So We got Mr. Wood replaced by, by Slappy in the sequels. Yeah. Yep. So I, I didn't I didn't put that connection together before. So according to Arl Stein's autobiography, he got the idea for the three Night of the Living Dummy books because the, the first three Night of the Living Dummy books from reading the Adventures of Pinocchio when he was young. Huh. 
Interesting. Have you ever read the straight up Pinocchio stuff? No. I've no. just watched the Disney stuff. But that's like a, a living doll situation. Mm-hmm. Um, he may have said that. I think that he's just trying to pretend that he's not getting all of his ideas from the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I think because so. he's definitely gone to the Twilight Zone. Like that's Twilight a pretty uh, pretty full well, and he goes back to that well very often for ideas. Yes. So I think he's just at this point trying to pretend like oh, it was from Pinocchio, which is a more even more classic story. Also, it's in the public domain now. There right? you go. All right. So um, play of the the name is uh, play on Night of the Living Dead, like we all know. Right. Um, Official description, original 1993 cover contains an error that says, kids describe, uh, kids Chris, decide. Chris, Chris, Chris decides. To sorry, get, why don't you read it for me? Chris decides to get a dummy of her own. She'll show Chris. But yeah, it's, it's supposed to say she'll show, she'll show Lindy. So the 1993 edition of the book had uh, an error. Yeah. On the, in the description, I guess on the front or on the back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, some typos. Let me see if I could find about our favorite stuff, which is the international edition. Yes. Tell me about that Dutch version. International edition. So, ooh, wow. So these international releases, looking at George these covers. George pulled up the international covers. They're, yeah. All, yeah, they're all somewhat similar, but somehow this, different. This first one, yeah, my goodness, that is just awful. Which, which version is that? This one is from the UK? The UK release. It's just really bad. Guys have to look By this the up way, yourselves. it's like goosebumps.wikia.com. Is that what that says, George? Yeah, goosebumps.wikia.com slash wiki slash now the living dummy. It's, yeah. <laughs> Go to goosebumps.wikia.com <laughs> if you want to like see. It's like a good resource for looking at the covers. Mm-hmm. That's what usually what we pull up when we're looking at the covers. Yeah. And if when you get there, one of the covers just looks like it's called uh, La Nuit de Panties. I think that's probably French. <laughs> the French version. Yeah. It looks like, the, <laughs> looks like the dummy's more of a child molester. Yes. You know? And there's a little and boy the kid on there. just looking very molested. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, so be glad you have the American version. Oh, they have that in several different countries, too. French. Is this the other French version? Yep, French. Yep. In France, the dummy looks like a child molester. In Japan, wow. Okay. Wow. Did yeah. You, it's you, definitely worth pulling up these alternate covers for those of you listening because they're pretty interesting. They are very interesting. The Japan one. That's the Korean one. Is that the Korean one? Yeah. Of course it is. Of course Yeah, the Korean is. one's pretty weird. In the descriptions below, write your uh, impressions of the Korean cover. Yeah. When you get a chance to look that up. Yeah. So let's see if there's more international stuff. Dutch think. version, George. I want. Hit I'm me trying to with find the Dutch out. I'm trying version. to find out. I don't see anything about uh, the Dutch version here. Let's see international releases. No, I'm sorry. I am sorry. All right. I am sorry. I'm There's, disappointed, and so are our viewers. Want to know what's happening in the Dutch yep. version? You've let us all down, George. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. But you know. Any, all right. Any last words on this book? No, it was a good one. I hope everybody enjoyed it. It was fun. Uh, once again, like it takes a, a while for the story to get good, but there's usually like a few chapters in there where everything just goes co- totally wild and it's pretty great. Yeah. Like with this one, again, by the end, it's where it's the most fun. By I, far, yeah. I think that's what brings um, people back to Goosebumps. Yeah. The end is good. It's like, oh, all right, that was fun. That was good. Let's start another one. Yeah, you forget you the first. log through the first 50 pages. <laughs> yeah, you forget the first 50 of si- pages of, of sibling rivalry. Yeah, 100%. Ugh. 100%, you know. Yeah. 
leave the audience on a high. Yeah. Excellent. And with that note, <laughs> on that note, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Uh, be careful what you cast for. Yep. Uh, next you, book. What's our next book? Our next look book. Look it up real quick. Let's look that up. Let's look up where our next book is. Next time on Be Careful What You Cast For. What is it, Justin? I have no idea. I thought you were looking up. <laughs> Let's see what we're we looking for. Oh, wait. I do have it, actually. It's book uh, eight, The Girl Who Cried Monster. The Girl Who Cried Monster. All right. I don't know if I remember The little tagline is, she's got the monster of all problems. How about that? Yeah, that's book eight. George, we have to do a Fear Street book at some point. We do. We put it off far too long. We do. Huh. Oh, my God. This is the longest episode. We, I apologize to our listeners for going so long. I do not apologize. I know sometimes they like it long. I don't think so. So. Not no. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. We're not going to hold you too long. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe and things like that. We have a new Facebook group. Uh, which yeah, we've got you a guys... Facebook group. I think you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. You shouldn't be able to find us on iTunes and for Stitcher. For a while, we were just on SoundCloud. But if you can't find us. You know, let us know. Yeah. What, let us know how you'd like to find tell us. Your friends, tell, tell your, your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell your enemies. All tell right. Tell your mom and dad. And we are, are out of here. Peace. Bye-bye.